0: In the heyday game of farming, the land is fair and bright. Where the wheat grows in a minute, and you can visit day or night. Where the lobsters love to party, and the sun shines every day. On the birds and the bees and giraffes in the trees, the saunas with the pigs near the fish in the stream. Makes more sense if you give it all a chance in the heyday game of farming. Join over 17 million players and download Heyday for free on the App Store, Google Play, or wherever you get your apps.
1: Switching to Geico is a good idea, especially when you consider everything. First off, Geico makes it easy to switch, and you can contact your local agent for personalized assistance.
2: But if it's so easy, you might start thinking everything is easy, even jousting. And it's not. Just ask my cousin Ernie.
1: Well, if you switch to Geico, you could save hundreds on car insurance, and you could keep saving by bundling your motorcycle, boat, and RV, plus your home or renter's insurance.
2: But saving money might cause you to feel rich, which might lead you to hire a butler. Do you really need a butler?
1: Well, they do have an industry-leading mobile app you can use to pay your bill, file and manage a claim, or add a new driver. And they offer discounts to military and federal employees.
2: But after you switch, you might be so happy that you celebrate by doing the running man, and nobody does the running man anymore.
1: Well, GEICO is the second largest car insurer in the country and has been saving people money for over 75 years. It's hard to beat that. But, you're right. Switch to GEICO. It's obviously a good idea.
3: Welcome to DC On Screen, episode 637. This is the podcast that covers the DC Comics Multiverse on film and television, gives honest opinions on projects upcoming and past, and believes that every version of a property is valid, even if we don't want it to be. If it has been released, it is fair game, so beware of spoilers, and welcome to the show. I'm David C. Robertson, and my esteemed chatterbox brother-in-arms is not actually here to be introduced, but that's fine, because I won't be... For long, either. Our present selves, anyway, won't be. This week, (laughs) it kind of looked like Slim Pickens on DC News. And seeing as how we just quietly celebrated our sixth anniversary doing the show, I thought it might be fun to go back, grab episodes 9, 12, and 27, remaster them, cut the dated news segments, and present the full trilogy of three of our favorite episodes DC Movies That Never Happened, Parts 1, 2, and 3. The full trilogy all together in one easy-to-digest package. Before that, though, we gotta thank the patrons. If you want to join their hallowed ranks. The ranks of those who really make the show possible. One dollar a month is all it really takes. That gets you every episode ad-free. Every regular episode ad-free. Five dollars a month gets you that, plus whatever else we decide to put up. And there's definitely a little something coming This week. It might even be up by the time you hear this. I just don't know what it is yet. So, you know, I can't say it. And that's available to all of our $5 patrons, patreon.com slash DC on screen. And if you don't want to deal with Patreon, or, you know, if you already do and you want to help us out more, DC on screen.com, click the donate button. It's, uh, uh, except for the losing of money, is relatively painless. Uh, and if you want to support the show, get some swag for it. We can, you can go to our merch store. That's linked on dconscreen.com. Right next to the donate button, it says store, or you can, it's like right underneath if you go to the drop down menu on mobile. Super easy. Um, or you can leave a five star written review on Apple Podcasts. I guess that helps us. I don't know. It's free though. Anywho, that's the haps. So get ready because you are about to be transported back six years. Be aware. We do discuss some Joss Whedon DC projects that never happened and damn it we just didn't know the man like we do now. Forgive us, oh listener, our trespasses. All right guys, today we are going to get into a whole bunch of if not all of the I, DC I movies I have to
4: doubt all of. <laughs>
3: Everything that we could find about it anyway. All of the DC movies that were never made. These were DC movies that were uh, that were in development or, or being pitched. And we thought it'd be fun to talk about that. I believe we've got 23. We've got a list of 23 movies and we're going to split them up over two separate podcasts. Because some of these get pretty in-depth.
0: Yeah,
4: and I kind of lost track of the count after a while. There's so many of these things. They just Every time you blink, a Batman movie comes in and out of existence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: Um, all right. So these are these are some of the uh, the the DC movies that have never been made. Now, I wanna I wanna preface anything that comes after as this. A lot of this stuff is just ensconced in rumor. Mm-hmm. so not everything we say is going to be 100 percent accurate because i've done the research and apparently no one is ever accurate <laughs>
5: Comic sec-
3: comment sections are full of people complaining that like oh well you said this or this but this is different and that's not true and i'm like yeah but you read a different article that says a different thing and i've i mean i'm i've heard some of the people some of the producers involved with some of these things and they all contradict each other so keep keep in mind that certain things you're never going to be happy with anything they're so. not
4: <laughs> it, look, trying to find a good common like, a, a clear-cut thread of, of reality trying to do any of that with any of these movies it's you, no you look up whether eggs are good for you on the internet or whether you should freeze tomatoes or it, it you'll. it's the same kind of anarchy right it'll never be solved
3: now, some of this doesn't actually even involve Warner Brothers because some of this goes back a bit. Um, but uh, this does actually have to do, do with Warner re- Brothers.
4: What? When did Warner mm-hmm. Brothers get involved? What was that year? Well, Warner Brothers you know was
3: Warner Brothers. I don't know the year because it, it's it's not all together. It, it's not. It, it didn't happen at once. Um, like Warner Brothers would have one property and then they would grab up another property. And then at some point, they wound up buying DC. Mm -hmm. So then, of course, they just, from then on, it was fine. But even, I was reading, and it's not something I even listed on the rundown for the show, um, because there was just nothing about it. There was a Shazam movie that was in the works in the very early 2000s. They were talking about doing that. Um, And again, and well, I should say for the first time, they were talking to The Rock about being Black Adam, and then... But they were they were going to do that, and 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 Warner Brothers hurry up and grab that property up, and and they, it was going to be done for New Line anyway, and then they bu- they wound up buying New Line, so I mean hmm. the the world of movie production is always uh, fluid, right? <laughs> um, all right, let's jump into the Ivan Reitman Bill Murray movie, The Batman, nineteen eighty three.
4: Um, this is it either the Losing this movie was either the greatest thing that has ever happened to mankind or the greatest tragedy of the 20th century.
3: Right. I mean it was it was we'll going it was written it
4: was either one of those and nothing in between.
3: It was written by Tom Mankowitz. Uh, this is the guy that went and I mean he this is the dude that wrote Superman 1 and 2, the Chris Reeve movies. He has um, street cred. He does have street cred, especially um, during that time. Uh, there is an there is a link to An article. It's not an article. It's a transcript of a Starlog magazine interview that Tom Mankiewicz did. And he. This is early on. He'd written the 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 script. I've also got a link to that script that has been leaked online. Um, All of that will be
4: up on the page. Like a bunch of these links are going to be there if anyone wants to check out our citations and whatnot. Right. We've got a fair amount of dutifully posted things for us. We. There are a lot of scripts that are actually They're floating really around, around online. I mean, if you're just plain bored and actually remember how to read real sheets of paper, um, yeah,
3: yeah, scripts are out there. I mean, I might go back and read some of these things just to, just to get a full view of what's happening. Oh, what, there's a couple I'm going to
4: I'm, I'm dig into.
3: Um, but yeah, like uh, in the now in the Starlog interview, Mankiewicz is saying that he would rather it be an unknown be cast as Batman. He wanted Peter O'Toole as the Penguin. Um, He wanted. um, Gosh, I just blanked completely. <laughs> and that's how forgettable <laughs> that cast was. Peter O'Toole. I, I've heard rumors though that Peter O'Toole was actually being considered for the Joker as well. Mm-hmm. Um, And that that would have been amazing. Yeah. But yeah, Bill Murray, Ivan Reitman directing Bill it Murray in and a stops Batman there. movie.
4: Like Ivan di- <laughs> Yeah, Ivan Reitman, Bill Murray, Batman. Fuck you. Take my money. Yeah. Yeah, That's, we're done there.
3: And apparently they they wanted David Niven uh, as Alfred and William mm-hmm. Holden as Commissioner Gordon, and uh, there was apparently some talks that David Bowie <laughs> might play the Joker. Like,
4: and I now I would have given anything for like pre Labyrinth or even around Labyrinth era Bowie to do a take mm-hmm. on the Joker. That would have been phenomenal.
3: But in the in the Starlog interview, Mankiewicz said he wanted uh, Jack Nicholson as the Joker.
4: It's not like that would hurt anyone's feelings, but damn. Well,
3: no. I mean, we've seen that, and yeah. Damn. Basically, everyone who's
4: ever seen The Shining wanted him to be the Joker. Yeah. It. it I don't think I, the chronology of that seems pretty easy. Not me, man. I wanted him to play Robin. <laughs> right. <laughs> I had Calendar Man picked out. Let's do it. <laughs> Speaking
3: of Robin, apparently Eddie Murphy and Michael J. Fox were both being considered for the role of Robin.
4: And that is where this train starts to derail. I was I'm Eddie right, Murphy. I'm yes, up there with Michael it, J. Right Fox.
3: Wait, 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 wait. Eddie Murphy. Yes, Michael J. Fox. Okay, maybe Michael J. Fox. Maybe. Wait. Bill Murray is Batman. Bill Murray is Batman, and Michael J. Fox is Robin. See, you better believe the movie, I'm there.
4: I know I'm watching it, but the. That's, I think that's why the movie never made it. It, it They got tired of trying to figure out the tone Because imagine you're telling a writer that Hey, we're going to write a serious Batman movie Reitman's going to direct and somebody's already going Okay, alright, Meatballs, Ghostbusters Cool, cool, no, uh, he's going to direct a serious movie Oh, okay, we're doing a serious movie Okay, well who you have who do you have for Batman? Uh, Bill Murray, <laughs> okay, who's Robin? Michael J. Fox, oh, okay No, we want you to write a serious movie now and then you, you, someone goes home and tries as hard as they can to sit down and write a deliberate, dramatic, dramatic movie starring Bill Murray, and they can't do it.
3: Well, Mankiewicz said in the interview, which, again, was very early in any of this, these talks. How do you like, not put
4: a joke he, in his mouth?
3: Mankiewicz, well, I mean, we're looking at Mankiewicz who wrote Superman. I mean, Otis Berg, the Gene Hackman, Midwestern huckster Luther. Mm. I mean, these there are there's room for jokes but he was saying he wanted it to be very dark and he wanted batman to be very frightening he he even described uh he just descri- in the interview he describes uh batman's gaze as hypnotic like uh like uh god what's his name dude from death wish he mm. just wanted him to just be frightening like you crap yourself just looking at him now that
4: is how the the bad is supposed to be designed. That's the whole point of year one, right? Is they're mm-hmm. not afraid of me yet. Um, and if if anything is to be taken as source material, that's it's gonna be it's gonna be year one. Now, right?
3: to be clear, mm-hmm. it's rumored rumored that there were nine separate rewrites by yeah, nine different
4: writers. I believe that we live in a world where the Flintstones, I believe, had one hundred ninety or one hundred sixty different rewrites. Yeah. 9 isn't even a very large number for rewrites or writers. It's it, yeah. like 3 out of every 4 scripts apparently have to go into arbitration because no one can figure <laughs> out who wrote it by the end of it.
3: Now we're, we're we'll end out this one with with a quote from Bill Murray. I would have been a fine Batman. You know there've been a number of Batmen. I like them. I thought Mike Keaton did a great job as Batman. It's obviously it's a great role. Yeah. That was that was Bill Murray on being offered the part of Batman. Um, he was actually also considered uh, for the Tim Burton Batman movie before it went to Keaton. So, <laughs>
4: <laughs> I just want to find audio of him saying that somewhere and just reparse all the words together so that he's saying, I'm Batman, and I'll just play it on a loop, and that's as close as I'll ever get.
3: I just want a giant poster of Bill Murray that says, I would have been a fine Batman.
4: Yeah. Like yeah.
3: the hubris on that cat. <laughs> I,
4: surely that's a t-shirt somewhere. <laughs> surely that's a t-shirt. If not, someone please make the t-shirt. We'll buy it.
3: I I might you know what I think I might actually make that T-shirt. <laughs> I might make oh, that right. T-shirt. I'll we're I'll branching out into notes. merchandising. I'll put up notes in the show links. <laughs> the, I mean the oh god, I'll put up links in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Of my, mm-hmm. I would have been a fine Batman Bill Murray T-shirt.
4: Mm-hmm. I mean Bill Murray had the chops too. Don't let him fool you. <laughs> Don't let him fool you. He can do he can do dark and scary when he feels like it if if he wasn't such a good uh, vocal actor if you just watch some of his films on mute uh he, he can mm-hmm. look scary he can he's downright scary in the uh, the speech in stripes if you watch that on mute and don't realize that he's being incredibly fucking funny it you, it looks like he's intimidated that he's breaking up a fight because he's the manliest man in the room and then intimidated everyone into obedience yeah by the, always... it, <laughs> by the end of it by the end of it looks like a nazi training camp and all it is is him I, talking
3: i am always on board a tried and true known comedian mm-hmm. being given a very serious role because if they can nail comedy, they can nail anything. And comedy's it's, hard.
4: It's harder. It's harder to go back if you're already funny and I have to accept you as being, uh, you know, serious. I'm not going to get a laugh out of you. It, that's harder to do than if you were already a dark guy. Well, it, a, a laugh is a knee jerk reaction. I, it, it even helps if I can't see it coming.
3: Plus, generally, the kind of people who become comedians—I say this as a person who has a bunch of comedy videos online—and generally, you—you you have lived a, a life of shielding yourself emotionally and, through laughter. Mm-hmm. Like you have, you have, you have been pouring yourself into, you know, make them laugh at you before, or make, you know, make them laugh with you before they laugh at you, and laugh right. at yourself before they can laugh at you, and. Right. Let's find all the dark, terrible things that I hate about the world and make fun of
4: them. Right, right. This is the reason is one of the reasons I, I've always loved the Joker as much, is he's he's a perfect example of um
3: Yeah, I, w- I was just thinking I until just this moment I didn't realize how close I was to being the Joker, but here we are. <laughs>
4: <laughs> all it takes is one you, bad you, day. You wouldn't fit in his suit. It'd be like a Joker penguin kind of mishmash.
3: Well, I mean, I'm not like the penguin man. I mean, come on. <laughs>
4: <laughs> i don't know i always think of the joker as felt i, I don't know
3: <laughs> hey you know the, the original joker was a little tubby and you, you look at uh nicholson man i mean he wasn't he wasn't exactly uh svelte no as you no, put it. no
4: he was not a um he was not a warrior that one <laughs> <laughs>
3: oh he was a warrior
4: <laughs> the now, battle sure. of the bulge should we, uh, should we find another movie? We, sure. I was afraid of going into Bill Murray Batman because we could just do a show about how much I wanted that to happen.
3: Yeah, but that's, that's, that's what everybody cares about, right?
4: Bill Murray Batman.
3: Come on. Yeah, Bill Murray yeah. Batman. We'll take how mu- however much time we want.
4: Fuck the rest of this. Yeah. <laughs> Put away all your notes. All right. We're just doing that for an hour.
3: All right, now, of course, you know, the Bill Murray Batman didn't happen. Uh, Instead, Tim Burton's Batman happened. Tim Burton's Batman Returns happened. And evidently, there was some talk, and this is heavily disputed. We should just premise
4: that as, instead of saying it every time, just know that it's heavily disputed. Right, right. We should just leave that out for the rest of the...
3: So, apparently, there was Tim Burton's Batman Forever, which... They were, they were talking to Robin Williams as the Riddler. Billy D. Williams was going to be back as Two Face. Rene Russo was cast as Dr. Chase Meridian instead of Nicole Kidman. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, Michael Keaton was going to be Batman again. Now, there is a rumor that Marlon Wayans was going to be coming in as Robin. And but that's we,
4: where I parachute off the plane.
3: We know he was. He was cast as Robin in Batman Returns, but they wound mm-hmm. up dropping Robin from the script. Uh, when Tim Burton left, Keaton followed. What impish little
4: man in Hollywood is running around whispering in someone's ear that Marlon Wayans should be Robin?
3: <laughs> from everything Why? I have that seen. That is an act from, of true evil. From everything I've seen of Marlon Wayans, mm-hmm. the only thing you could really truly hope for is Robin running around trying to get
4: Batman to smoke some weed with him. That's what I'm saying. He peaked. As a stoner in scary movie, like that's the role he was born for, and bless him, he achieved it. Now let's put it to bed. And
3: you know, well, he had that movie. What was it, Senseless? Where he, or something where he all of his his senses got enhanced through some chemical, and he could just all he did was just for two hours he just made like a stank face because he kept smelling things. <laughs>
4: that sounds right. That sounds right.
5: Oh, my gosh.
4: Anyway, and in and, and a turn of events that you'll start to see after a minute is, um, well, it, it happens a lot. Burton leaves, yeah. Keaton follows. Um,
3: <laughs> well, it's really just that once.
4: But. It's just that once, but it's usually director leaves, main cast follows, whole thing falls apart.
3: Yeah. Um,
5: and it's often after
4: the network has sent him back some weird notes. Like, I'm sure Burton was on board, and then he got a note from, again, some evil tiny man saying that Marlon Wayne should be Robin and thought, oh, well, fuck this.
3: You know, who would be a good Robin. I'm the off least to shoot talented Wayne's brother. Times. What? The last the the, the least talented Wayne's brother should be Robin. I I'm certain of this. But I don't no. know, man. That has that has that has Tim Burton decision making all over it.
4: I don't know. I can get behind Billy Dee Williams as Two Face. No, I'm. I'm well, down. I mean, he
3: was Harvey Dent. He was Harvey Dent in the original '89 Batman. That yeah. was the whole reason he signed on to be Harvey Dent because he wanted to be Two Face at
4: one point. That's why you do it, right? Yeah, I'm sure Diagosto didn't didn't care to just do a Harvey Dent that never turned into Two Face. He, right. he's on that show right now because that someone promised him that eventually he could get into makeup.
3: Yeah, and you know what they should do? They should they should do this like, because Schumacher came in, recast pretty much everyone. Yeah, um, there was never a script for for Tim Burton's Batman, but you know what would be kind of cool if in Gotham they they just just like they did in the movies, they just all of a sudden, Harvey Dent goes from being white little Nick Degasto and then becomes Billy D. Williams. <laughs> no explanation.
4: <laughs> Why? That's, that's right does up it there. That, it come, that weird, tiny, evil man who keeps suggesting Marlon Wayne does Robin <laughs> is standing behind you right now, isn't he? It's retribution for the two-face we lost. What spirit is it? Like, go find some sage and burn it in your home and get rid of this evil spirit. <laughs>
3: All right, on to Tim Burton's Catwoman now. If you'll remember, the.
4: Hair. Okay.
3: Yeah. The final shot of Batman Returns was Catwoman, uh, you know, showing up. Or like That was her last scene, mm-hmm. therefore indicating that she was going to be back. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tim Burton wanted to do a spinoff movie. He wanted to do, uh, from what I understand, he wanted to do a spinoff movie with Catwoman, who would once again be played by Michelle Pfeiffer. Sure. Um, There was a script uh, written by Daniel Waters, and it was turned in on, apparently, the day Batman Forever came out.
4: A day that will live in infamy.
3: And Batman Returns got a lot of flack from parents. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean you have the penguin making dick jokes, biting people's noses. hmm Disturbing Clean character. Lena. Um so Warner Brothers kinda freaked out and they were like, Well, Batman Forever, we, we, we want it to be kid friendly, we want it to be you know, a, a movie that people won't have a problem taking their kids to.
4: Well, they their parents were legitimately confused because they were at McDonald's and you get a Happy Meal with this little terrible penguin action figure,
5: Mm-hmm.
4: which reminds you—and unfortunately, your child—that the Batman movie is going to come out, and you're like, well, "Okay, right, fine. I fine. I mean, I I like Batman. We'll go. We'll go watch that movie." And then you get right. in there and you realize that you've scarred your child. <laughs> It, yeah, no, they they I, they actually had kind of a, a point. It and my point isn't that you're not supposed to make Batman movies gritty. You obviously should. I, that goes without. Sure. Thought. My point is that you don't put them in fucking Happy Meals. These <laughs> right. are not Happy Meal characters. They they have it, you know, shows for that.
3: You know, my personal viewpoint. My problem mm. with Batman Returns was that it was boring. Like <laughs> I don't. When I was a kid, when I was a kid, I wasn't taken aback by by penguin making his dirty parasol jokes. Uh, I, I understood. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, cool. I mean, umbrellas a penis.
4: Oh, okay, I understand. I'll take the um, whole movie just for the one shot where Keaton looks over his shoulder and and realizes that he almost got killed by a couple of penguins.
3: Yeah, that is a great shot. I'll it's take always the whole movie one of for that one
4: shots. shot. Um, you could just you can hear the internal dialogue. Holy shit. Almost, almost got taken down by a couple of damn penguins. I fight. Yeah, I fight. Super and
3: <laughs> yeah, I have to say this has been one, always been one of my favorite shots in the entire movie. It always cracked me up. It and go, it's
4: just it, you forget that Keaton is in fact funny, and then you see that shot, and it's okay. We uh,
3: we've both listened to Fat Man on Batman, and they, they did a review of of the uh, Batman Returns movie, mm-hmm. and. Kevin Smith cracks up over that 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 one little that one little scene, and it's so subtle, but it's hilarious. I was I was just so happy that Kevin Smith saw the same thing I did <laughs> all those years because everyone I'd ever watched the movie with they were like, "What are you laughing at?" And I'm just like, "Because the... <laughs>
4: he almost
3: got killed by the ping." You just started um, laughing and never fully articulated yourself. Yeah, he just right. he totally had this like, what "The hell was that?" What's <laughs> People are you fucking serious? Fucking throwing penguins at me! Damn it! <laughs> a penguin just shot a,
4: a, a literal penguin just shot a rocket at me. I donate to like <laughs> twenty environmentalist actions. How about penguins are trying to kill me!
3: I, I just drove upside you know what, down them
4: in a tunnel. Um, All right, we should we should try to move so on. So
3: obviously, obviously, what happened though with uh, with with that was uh, Batman Forever was uh, was a big hit. They wanted to go more family friendly. The Road to Batman and Robin unfortunately was well into being paved and Mm -hmm. Catwoman wound up in development hell for a few years and then wound up being rewritten a number of times
4: and eventually dying in Halle Berry.
3: Yeah. But, uh, you know, Ashley Judd was going to play her at one point.
4: I actually wouldn't have. It wasn't like Halle Berry playing her was a problem for me. That's fine. Just make a fucking decent movie
3: no you know what Halle Berry is a terrible choice and I say that because Halle Berry is a terrible actress I don't care I don't care that she has an award on her <laughs> shelf everything <laughs> you know, I've she seen got her in of she has sucked yeah I mean I, I I was forced to watch a, a you know couple of scenes of, of Gothica actually <laughs> no I, I did watch Gothica and I wanted to kill myself
4: um, the X-Men Storm is easily the worst part of those movies I actually agree I I don't know I, I she she wasn't even the worst part of that film, I guess is my point. I, I, right. I don't think she could have, I, I don't think she didn't have the chops to play Catwoman. It, it's not that intensely of a, it's not that intense of a character. It's not like they're it just, she's really not that intense of a background. Like the biggest, uh, you know, the the most complex story that she's got even is out of Long Halloween where she's possibly one of the major mob boss's daughter. And then, um yeah, then the, the list gets pretty short.
3: Well, I mean, she was a hooker. That's pretty. I mean, she was a street savvy hooker, man. I mean, well, yeah, that and that really does. That takes some acting chops to get right.
4: I don't know to actually
3: play that well, but without a anyway,
4: (laughs) we've lost more time on Catwoman than anyone has in years already.
3: Uh, no, so anyway, Batman and Robin came out, huge critical failure, huge monetary failure. But Schumacher wanted to make it right again And I should say that Schumacher did He wanted, I mean he was fully Responsible for those damn bat nipples And even he has said that he will be Haunted until the end of his days With those bat nipples, he says it will probably Even be on his gravestone And he's not, he's not wrong I will one day track down Joel
4: Schumacher's tombstone And draw bat nipples on it Right,
3: but to his credit
4: In chalk, we're not vandalizing here Oh, I'm vandalizing. <laughs> he vandalized my childhood. <laughs> but to be fair so you're gonna to Joel Schumacher, vandalize his deathhood, okay.
3: To to be fair to Joel Schumacher, he did want
4: Batman Forever to be a
3: much darker movie, but
4: uh Yeah, his he, vision when it started was, was actually the way to go and it all fell apart. Yeah,
3: yeah. Um and by the time you get to Batman and Robin they had uh con- they had like they, they like brought in and said, Okay, well here are the toys. Write a script, yeah. And, well, and what do you do
4: with that? Use what looks like a an algorithm to decide that Alicia Silverstone should be involved in any capacity. Right. That cannot be you know, anything but an algorithm and a misplaced comma.
3: Oh, clueless! We have to put a. Oh, okay. So, uh, uh, yeah, talk about clueless. Like, anyway.
4: Some producer's daughter really loved that movie, and he made her a uh, birthday promise.
3: Yeah, I know.
4: That that's my secret. We'll get, we'll get into
3: Batman and Robin at a different time. Anyway, well, my point Schumacher- is that um,
4: it, in his version, Alicia Silverstone and Batgirl were not involved. Mm-hmm. Go Joel.
3: Yeah, from what I understand, that, that was the case. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Schumacher wanted to redeem himself in the eyes of the fans. He wanted to make... Uh, he, you know, hoped that... The failure of Batman and Robin would kind of bring Warner Brothers back over into the the middle ground, and he pitched a thing called uh, Batman Unchained, which has also been referred to as Batman Triumphant on online. Um, this would have involved George Clooney and Chris O'Donnell coming back. Uh, Scarecrow and Harley Quinn were going to be the the villains,
4: mm-hmm. as <clears throat> there were talks that, with um, a Scarecrow that would have been at least slightly unique.
3: Yeah, this was a a satanic Scarecrow, wasn't it?
4: Yeah, it was going to be... And Schumacher even remembers going to the set of Face Off. Y'all remember Face Off, right? Yeah. What a delightful romp. Actually, going to the set to ask Nick Cage to play the Scarecrow. Mm -hmm. Um, I I can't imagine he said no... Uh,
3: Oh no, how would you I, I mean, the, well, if well, Batman and Robin had just happened, so he'd probably be like, "Oh, uh, yeah, but I, he probably pitches to him as,
4: "Man, you're the one who can save this. You can bring some legitimacy back to this movie. Like, fuck Travolta. he couldn't do it, but you could." Yeah, you're Doctor probably, probably right. Nick
3: Cage. It. Nick Cage wouldn't have said no. I mean, he's got two Ghost Rider movies under his
4: belt. That's that's point. all I'm saying. <laughs> the man tried to be Ghost Rider. He's a
3: comic book fan. He'll do anything they tell him to.
4: He really is. Also, he spends a lot of money. Um, Now they were going to have him do it, and he was going to have now this this particular version of Crane was the same brilliant, uh, uh, you know, psychologically based uh, fearmonger, but Mm -hmm. he was going to be a little satanic, and it was a personal vendetta against Bruce Wayne, Bruce Wayne himself, and
3: and Harley Quinn was going to be the Joker's daughter like Jack Nicholson's Joker's daughter now and that's even hated be, Batman
4: you're not even suggesting the intimating that it would be no specifically his daughter it, yeah they were gonna he was gonna tie them together yeah um, she was gonna be like a toy maker
3: and uh and she hates Batman because he killed he killed the Joker in the in the first Batman movie and it would have uh you know they would have teamed up and crane figures out who Batman is and they try to drive him insane they try to drive batman insane and they have him sent to arkham asylum right and apparently it all like culminated with this big sequence where batman would have to face off against all of the previous villains of the franchise they wanted to get danny devito back michelle pfeiffer tommy lee jones jim carrey and and then jack nicholson himself
4: it actually at that point and this is um I've always wanted to see this done in some capacity, but at that point, it actually starts to sound like Grant Morrison's Arkham Asylum.
3: A little bit, yeah. It
4: starts to sound like just a a, a mind trip through the, the abandoned uh, the abandoned portions of uh, Arkham that only certain people have ever seen. No, uh, it was, but, and it's a good way to get the jo- the Joker back in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you still want death to count? Come on now.
3: Yeah, you want death to count, but you know, I I was excited about this this pitch. I remember these these rumors coming out when. I mean in like 98 man. I mean, I remember this. Mm-hmm. Um apparently the movie would have ended with uh well I mean Batman and Robin they 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 kind of break up the friendship and then Robin does eventually come back to 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 help his, help Batman uh you know stop everything and uh the script ends with Bruce entering the Batcave and bats swarming around him in the credits roll. Sounds the you know. Yeah, that was in Batman Begins. Mhm. <laughs> um, now the writer uh Prodosevich says that he's not saying that Batman Begins took that from his script, but he does say it was a very powerful image. Right. It is. It's a yeah. Cool he just image. basically cool said cool, someone
4: powerful. was going to get that at some point.
3: Yeah, they were uh, apparently they did sit down and talk with uh, God. What's her name? Courtney Love about playing Harley Quinn, but uh, that been, wasn't really a big yeah yeah. yeah. So anyway, yeah,
4: I that that one that one hurt a little bit that
3: one hurt a little bit to find out yeah so at the same time warner brothers this a lot of this happens at the same time warner brothers is looking at different ideas for where they're going to go with Mm -hmm. the batman franchise after the failure of batman and robin um they get in contact with lee shapiro and stephen wise a couple of writers who and they tell me that you know they we want to go off in different directions let's see what we can do with this and that's how we get Batman Dark Knight. D-A-R-K-N-I-G-H-T, basically. Which is basically Dar Knight. Right. Um,
4: <laughs> it's a, right. such a dumb title. It's just a an overuse of the squeezing two words together phenomenon.
3: Yeah, like, though this will make us look clever. No, it won't. It would have starred George Clooney and Chris O'Donnell. And the villains would have been, once again, the Scarecrow and Man-Bat. Um, now, that was pretty... This is pretty interesting. Um... They like uh, Shapiro is he says our script was just a direct answer to the last movie that being Batman and Robin. Mm-hmm. Everything we were doing was what did they do? Let's not do that.
4: So far, so good. Lee, keep it going.
3: It begins with a retired recluse
4: of, and of a Bruce you've Wayne. You already lost
3: me. Um, some tragedy happened, made him retire. Dick Grayson is off at college, and uh, he's being all wingy.
4: <laughs>
3: but he has well, a professor.
4: He's, he's got a, a very specific professor again, and we're back. Mm-hmm. I don't know who again. There was another little uh, tiny demon roaming around, demanding that everyone cast scarecrow. Now him, I get behind. Well, I mean, scarecrow is one of my this, favorite of the rogues. And it, um,
3: at this point, if you're already, you've already done the Joker, you've done the Penguin, you've done Catwoman, you've done Riddler, Two Face. Mr. Freeze and Poison Ivy. Who he's the hell else right? do you have
4: left? Scarecrow. Well, Clayface, if you have the budget for him.
3: And, which you don't. Right. CGI wasn't up there. <laughs> it wasn't that good. Right. I mean, and then you can pull in
4: Rache and all that stuff. But um, eh. anyway, I, yeah, my I would have gone with Scarecrow, too. I'm down. Sure. And this one would have been really cool. I, it, they wanted to make him a living Scarecrow, they said. Mm-hmm. It, so um, he's suffering from it's a disease that makes him impervious to paint. So he's got analgesia. But he's... Um, which that's the cool touch for me. If if that I I haven't actually seen that used anywhere. That would be a, a really neat tweak yeah. on it. Is he can't feel pain, and um, I assume that translates to how he can't feel fear. Like, that's one of my when people do him right. That's part of what they're using. They're, you, the scarecrow is not supposed to be able to fear anymore. That's why he's so fascinated by it. That's why he loves inflicting it on people. Is he loves he loves watching it. But at this point in his life, he's he's become so immune to it. And that's so why I'm hoping they're leading with um, Gotham. By the way. Uh, yeah i mean i got an overdose and now hey but it the one part i didn't understand is it this is their quote his sense of touch is off so it's heightened his other senses and it made him like a living scarecrow i don't know any scarecrows that are particularly aware so i I don't know what they were going for with that exactly yeah i don't i don't know what that was supposed to be someone feel please feel free to interpret that sentence for me because i i kind of read it and i've read it five times and just it became a jumble of words that made no sense. Um, now they were going to actually I, scar his face with manbat and let yeah. him like stitch himself up and cauterize the wounds. So he was actually going to have—he was going to look like the fucking scarecrow. Mm-hmm. Um, I like it,
3: but I kind of like that he was experimenting on people. That he went to experiment on Dick Grayson because Dick Grayson was being a well dick to him in <laughs> class and being like, "Oh, you're not right about this, these, these things that you're saying in front of people." So. Um, he does he, whatever every professor wishes he
4: could do to smartasses.
3: Gets him thrown in into uh, Arkham Asylum to uh, to experiment on them. He's already experimented on Doctor Kirk Langstrom, one of his one of his uh, contemporaries there at the college, mm-hmm. and has turned him into Man Bat. Um, and they they wanted this to be a trilogy. This was going to be the first of a trilogy. Um, <laughs> at the, in the third act, apparently Crane releases all the inmates from Arkham Asylum. Um, one of the doctors is Har Harleen Quinzel. Who winds up in a coma and would have come out of the coma in the sequel and been Harley Quinn? Um, yeah, yeah. Apparently, Dick is still Robin in this movie because in the by the third movie he would not be in the second movie, but he would be in the third movie as Nightwing right. and would come to help Batman fight Killer Croc and Clayface. So apparently, ah. they were planning on Clayface.
4: Yeah, I don't think Batman needs help with Killer Croc and Clayface. Yeah, right. right. What? Yeah. what? Find somebody else. Find somebody bigger. This is where you. This is where you need a rage. Now, you
3: know, Warner Somebody. Brothers eventually eventually passed on that deal. Um apparently they did And say. another
4: scarecrow was lost.
3: Yeah. Um Schumacher was still trying to get in on the on on the whole bit. He was still trying to, to he was still connected to the franchise. He was still over here trying his best to get them interested in something that he had to say. And one of his pitches was The Dark Knight Returns. Because I, I believe this, that if you've looked at the number 23, you've looked at Enemy of the State, if you've looked at The Lost Boys, or <laughs> there's so many movies you could look at for, of Joel Schumacher's falling down and go, you know what, he could have done a really good Batman. Mm-hmm. And for all intents and purposes, Batman Forever had a lot of great Batman elements in it. Like There, there are times where they almost got it right. Mm-hmm. Um, so Schumacher is a Batman fan. He stated this over and over again. So of course he 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 loved
4: Frank Miller's take. Now it's more defensive uh, than anything. That. He's right. crying crying yeah. out over the rallies of I hate those nipples that he does love Batman.
3: He does love Batman. Um so Schumacher's The Dark Knight Returns another another <laughs> another project that didn't ever really take off the ground get mm-hmm. off the ground um and i gotta say is I, I like his choices for 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 batman he wanted uh he wanted to get michael keaton in some old makeup uh, or he wanted to get clint eastwood to play old bruce wayne yeah. um that's right nothing... guys
4: dirty harry was almost fucking batman
3: right and who better to play the dark knight batman than clint
4: eastwood i can't think of anybody i mean john wayne's already dead so <laughs>
3: I want that, that I want a Batman versus Superman where Clint Eastwood is is Batman and John Wayne is is Superman. Mm-mm. That's what I want.
5: <laughs>
4: um,
3: no. So, it, it, when they when they said no to that, Schumacher tried to do a Batman year one, but they just kind of ignored him and shuffled him off to into, into the darkness into the <laughs>
4: into the neon highlighted darkness. And you know, I blamed him. I blamed him fully until we started looking into this. And at this point now, I feel like he completely got shafted. Yeah, I mean... He wanted the, to the, make a good movie. And they kept sending him these terrible, terrible notes. And he, he mm-hmm. had to make the movie they paid him to make at the end of the day. Because that is how this shit works. So Yeah, I
3: mean, like I said, it wasn't even notes. It was like, here are the action figures, build it around it. Like, right. they've said that like they base their costume designs on the action figures.
4: Right. Um... Which is, uh, it, you get what you, uh, you get what you put into it. If you put into a bunch of toys, you come out with a bunch of cartoon terrible figures. It, yeah, you know, there is the actually pitiful, a and they attached his name to it and made it like Joel Schumacher's Batman and Robin or Batman and Forever and everything. Right. And yeah, when it all failed, they went, well, it was his fault. No, he's sitting here trying to pitch good idea and he's going deep track too. At this point, he's getting desperate. Mm-hmm. Go look! Dark Knight mm-hmm. Returns, Year One. We can do these. No, it's and you know
3: there's there are anecdotes on the special features for Batman and Robin uh, where it's a, there's a particularly damning anecdote where someone says that Schumacher would walk around and say, "Remember, everyone, we're making a cartoon," but within the context of of Schumacher's complaints. It almost sounds like he was saying it sarcastically.
4: Yeah, I'm starting to kind of believe that it that he was really going. Remember, everyone, we're making a cartoon. You know, yeah, it, it, they, like he really had just finished reading the memos sent down from the previous day's dailies and and just gawked at them and thought, "What the fuck am I doing with my life?" They're gonna make me ruin Batman. you know how hard it is to ruin Batman? But th- they're gonna make me do it. <laughs> um, it's a story All right, of so yeah. It's about this point
3: that that Warner Brothers finally just laid down the gauntlet. Not all of those things were coming about at the same time, uh, roughly the same time. And then Warner Brothers throws down the gauntlet and says, we do, we want to reboot. We don't want to continue this Keaton through Clooney thread. Mm
4: -hmm. And they grab Frank Miller. Apparently they at least listened to Schumacher's notes on which which books they should go pick up.
3: Yeah, if you have half a brain, you're already kind of thinking that way
4: anyway. I'm not willing to trust that they have half a brain
3: yeah well i I think that's fair (laughs) it's probably fair
4: i mean i'm not going to implicitly trust that these people were using both sides of their brain i'm just not going to do that
3: it does it seems like some executive somewhere pointed at uh you know a lower tier of executives and said go to a comic book shop and they all went "Ah!" and they're like i know (laughs) i know it's scary but go down there and ask the fat man behind the counter who's eating a cheeseburger Mm-hmm. What the best Batman stories are, and to be clear, don't put on a suit. We want you to go put on, you know, a skeezy pair of shorts and 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 maybe maybe a worn Power Rangers T shirt, and go down to the comic shop and ask but this guy to what through, he thinks.
4: Go through costume design downstairs and see what they have. Right, the, see if they have what they have in the area of kind of I um, I don't know, stoner, San Diego slacker. Go pull right. that Do outfit you,
3: together. See if they have a shirt that has both chili and semen stains on it. Right. Go down to the comic book shop.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Ask the large, well-informed man what you should be looking into.
3: And they did. They went and they bought all of the comics this guy Hopefully he warned them.
4: Now that man will mock you heavily. He will (laughs) sneer at you. Yeah. Um. (laughs) Because those poor people came back with their tails between their legs, I guarantee it
3: i th- i think i mean he i think he's smarter than us don't worry about
4: it he absolutely is <laughs> he absolutely is smarter than you look he can read don't worry about it oh man um but somehow so, a copy of year one made it into circulation at wb
3: it did and you know frank they so they grab up frank Miller. into
4: pure picture form
3: here we this is where we get the darren aronofsky batman year one uh Darren Aronofsky, obviously the uh, you know uh, the Fountain, uh, Requiem for a Dream, mm-hmm. teams up with Frank Miller, and which sounds like a dream this, team, right? It well it sounds like a Requiem for a Dream team, right?
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh god! Oh, I'll hit
4: um, you later. Um, yeah,
3: yeah. Uh, I, I I'll probably hit myself.
4: There have to be punishments in life, Dave. I uh, know. so frank miller
3: frank miller says um of darren aronofsky he had really specific ideas about the character and which way to take it uh, i was surprised at the time because i tend to be the more radical of any team i'm on but it was darren who was much more radical than i was i said darren would you be willing to be faithful to the comics and he was ready to rip the eyes out of them we just had a wonderful time bashing around the story every which way and developing these characters. Mm-hmm. Now, in the script, Bruce rejects his inheritance and won't claim it until he can prove to himself that he can
4: support himself. Elements he of that have shown up in the New 52 stuff with Scott Snyder. Elements of it. I don't know. Yeah. Think about Court but of he, Owls. Look at some of that. Or uh, zero, yeah. zero Year, I mean. Yeah, Zero Year.
3: Yeah, yeah. Um, So he lives on the streets of Gotham as a bum. Uh, he works at a sh- uh, he works as a short order cook
4: and the train um, is derailed. Go ahead. Yeah, that's my point. That's kind of that, really weird. That's the I did not come to watch Batman Year One and watch Batman flip a fucking burger.
3: Right. And how does that? How does that? Doing that. Ever actually lead to him proving to himself that he could be Batman? Whatever. I don't so know. He I mean, the does he
4: have like one good night on the gr- On the actual grill, where he he owned it, he fucking owned those orders. He's thinking to himself, yeah. "I just I just took care of a bus full of thirty seven people in under thirty minutes. I can be the right now, right, but right, that, like no, he, that's not the high pressure training you need. He got to the point where
3: he could like flip the burger with the spatula off the grill and onto the bun behind him, and he goes,
4: all right, I'm ready. I'm ready. Right. (laughs) So so anyway, uh, also in the story going
3: on, He can prep the fuck
4: out of some vegetables, though. I'll bet that
3: gordon has an affair with his wife uh, or on his wife and and then he he's trying to deal with his wife and his new baby and batman winds up saving the baby and and gordon has been tasked with taking down batman but he saved his baby so they form a secret alliance Mm -hmm. miller says it was going to be very violent and r-rated and bold and yes and bold and 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 that's not going to happen because they he actually does. He tells a little story um, about how like, they turned it in and they actually shrieked in horror. <laughs> 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 there's,
4: there's one executive, some one, one somewhere that just throws the script back in his face and gives him the, won't someone think of the children, and runs screaming from the room and through an office window to a 20-foot plum. Right,
3: right. Oh, man. So about this time, we're getting... Uh, Boaz Yalkin's Batman Beyond, and now this great is name, important. every time I see yeah. it,
4: fucking great name, yeah. dude.
3: Now this is Paul you Dini. Were meant for Paul Dini wanted to do a live action Batman Beyond. I don't he know what he'd be like him for him. live
4: action. I,
3: I, I know. I'm curious, but he wanted to do one, and they've they've just spoken about it, and it looks like it didn't really get off the ground. They were basically writing the thing, and they couldn't. Apparently the first draft failed to excite them, and if Paul Dini's not excited about writing a thing, I don't want him writing a thing.
4: Right. No, this man when Dini's writing and when he's when he's really enjoying what he's writing, he literally cries. Yeah. Like he'll 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 come out of his of his little office or whatever he works in at home. If he comes right. out weeping, his wife apparently knows that he's been doing some good work that night.
0: Right. But, hey, he uh, will,
4: We're talking about trying to finish a line through tears. The man loves his material. I don't know. I agree. If he couldn't get it up, then it just wasn't happening. Yeah, and and, and even Yalkin it said, it said didn't that didn't have quite the fantastic futuristic edge, which also would have been a mistake. Because yeah. I admit one of the fun parts about Beyond was we they committed completely to the premise that you know things are new, which was really yeah. hard to do with that kind of it, slightly anomalous uh, time period that BTAS started in.
3: And Yalkin said that he realized he was excited at first, but he realized that it. It wasn't something he felt comfortable pursuing. Something mm-hmm. wasn't really right with it. So, you know, damn it, I have to have respect for people who are willing to just go. You know what? This is just isn't working. Let's not do this. Yeah. Let's not subject people to this.
4: There are people we can trust uh, somewhat implicitly on that, like uh, Paul Dini, or as a for instance, and to move on, Joss Whedon.
3: Indeed, Joss Whedon, <laughs> the man with the golden touch, recently. Mm-hmm. Um, Avengers, Avengers: Age of Ultron. This is the man who did Buffy and Serenity.
4: Mm-hmm. Uh, he don't forget Firefly.
3: He and Firefly, yeah, of course. This, this is a man who got a crack at writing a Batman movie. Mm-hmm. Um,
4: so he's already living the dream.
3: So he writes this thing. Uh, and he describes it as such, my heart was on the table, I was so into it, and I could tell the executive I was talking to was just completely thinking about their schedule and their window, and it was like I was talking to a wall. It was a different language, and I drove away from the meeting, and I actually said to myself, like, how much more indication do I need that the machine doesn't care? I got back to work, and they canceled Firefly.
4: <laughs> and I was like, it was rhetorical!
3: I wasn't asking for I wasn't asking for more.
4: That is, that is a truly bad day. You, it is. You you, you you go to talk to someone, you can't get them excited about a Batman script, which is, uh, there's so much money in it, and it's such a fun character. How can someone not like pull themselves away from doing a little of mental logistics for just 10 damn minutes? And you get back and Fireflies cancel. Mid-season, after they were already, you know, failing to get out the episodes they wanted anyway. It, yeah, bad day. But... <clears throat> He had, uh, he had a, he pointed out something on his, uh, his version of the story that he wanted to do that I, I would love. And he, he says he's, uh, he's this tiny 12 year old who's about to get this shit kicked out of him. And then it cuts to Wayne Manor. And Alfred is running like something terrible has happened. He finds Bruce and he's back from the fight and he's completely fine. And Bruce is like, I stopped them. I can stop them. Okay. I would, I would have given anything for Whedon's take on that line. A 12 year old who realizes he can actually do something about this. Mm hmm. Um, Yeah, yeah. mm, Now, as for Weedon's villain. That's $10 that I wish I would have had the luxury of spending. Oh,
3: yeah, yeah. Um, Whedon has also said uh, in his version there is actually a new villain it wasn't one of the classics which mm-hmm. is probably why they didn't use his script mm-hmm. he says it was more of a Hannibal Lecter type he was already somebody in Arkham Asylum that Bruce went and studied with yep. he says it was a whole thing I get very emotional about it I still love the story maybe I'll get to do it as a comic one day maybe I will be there to buy that comic Mr. Whedon <laughs> I will be there to buy that comic DC
4: when it, and Let's Wheaton tends to kind of, uh, it's almost like he gets a little bit fed up with the whole being on set thing for a minute, and decides he just wants to chill at home for a few months. And uh, that's it. Seems like that's when we tend to get you know, hey, I'm going to go take over Marvel Ultimate for a second, or hey, I'm going to do this. Um, <laughs> right. And I I think it's one of those universally accepted things that if he if he touches pen to paper for a comic book, it's going to sell and it's going to be good. hmm If he if he releases ink, you're you're in good hands.
3: You're not wrong, Wolfgang Peterson. Mm-hmm. This was a a movie that was going to be Batman versus Superman. Um, to me, this Wolf is where, King. as
4: far as the movies that are being produced, we've completely turned a corner, right? We we started trying to not know if it was camp or not. We're almost it's almost people that had just watched Adam West, and now we're back to. Or we went through the stage where people are just we're just all trying to recover from Chris O'Donnell, and we get all the way back now. Now we're making real movies again. Now we're back to hey, you remember how. You remember how he's called the Dark Knight? What if we did some stuff with like
3: that? Yeah, Chris O'Donnell. Let's let's mention the least egregious thing about it, either of those movies. Anyway.
4: It's the one thing that's that stands out, and least egregious is well, oh man. no, 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 no. He's, Don't no, let me get you sucked in, man. The word "least egregious" could not possibly be applied to Chris O'Donnell appearing in those films. He's older <laughs> than Clooney. He looks like he could buy Clooney beer and. and I, no, no. Oh, alright
3: <clears throat> anyway so Wolfgang Peterson's Batman vs. Superman the villains Lex Luthor and the Joker the screenwriters Andrew Kevin Walker and Akiva Goldsman
4: who appear the to have done a really good job
3: the movie begins with Bruce Wayne getting married. He's been retired for five years. His wife knows nothing about his past as Batman, but on their honeymoon, his wife is killed, and all signs point to the to the Joker, who Batman thought was dead. Apparently, mm-hmm. so of course Batman comes back. Meanwhile, Lois has left Clark. Uh, Clark stops a big opening terror, uh, a big terrorist attack in the opening of the film, and then serves as Bruce's best man at the wedding before going back to Smallville and rekindling a relationship with Lana Lang. Batman's going crazy trying to find the Joker and it's eventually revealed that Luther and the Joker have teamed up and Joker, it turns out... actually handpicked Bruce's wife and molded her into a woman Bruce would fall in love with and give up the cowl for. Mm-hmm. So somehow in the course of the film, Luther and Joker manage to get Batman and Superman to turn against each other. Batman has a cr- kryptonite suit of armor, and the two fight for a while and then, you know, rekindle their bromance in time to stop Luther and Joker. There's apparently a bit where Batman is about to kill the Joker and Superman tells him he'll stand by his by Batman's decision as long as he takes takes off his mask. The dialogue from Superman to Batman reads, don't hide behind it. Don't pretend there's some other part of you doing this. This is your right as a human being, your retribution. So do this as a man, or as the man who's going to live with it for the rest of his life. Take off the mask. And Batman spares the Joker.
4: If that's the tone of the movie they wanted to write, ah, oh, this is a loss. This is a great right? loss.
3: Now, I'm not I'm not big on the Batman being retired for five years.
4: No, everything I, else sounds any, pretty good. Any version of something where Batman quits is immediately going to pull pull me out of it for a second. That but takes points off. It does. It takes points off. Um, there is no version. You know, fuck Rachel dolls. It, that's we can sum up that argument as fuck Rachel dolls, right? Mm-hmm. And here we have a version of it. But I, you know, the rest of it just looks like it gets onto such a good track so quickly. I, I, I'm okay with it. Yeah, it takes points off. It doesn't disqualify you.
3: Yeah. Apparently. But, um, and Sam yeah, the, Dickerson, the head of the Peterson's Production Company, said, uh, "Let's write this as if we want this to be a movie that gets considered for an Academy Award. It's not supposed to be some kind of disposable pop culture. We wanted to take the characters seriously. I I can't disagree with that.
4: Nope, that would have nope, been really nope, cool. Nope. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah,
3: the the bat retiring that would
4: have been weird for me. But it looks like they were going to take care of that in the first like ten minutes of the movie.
3: Yeah." I mean, if he hasn't done it in five years, I mean that's going to be a rough ride trying to come back. And I would have, I would have probably had problems if they didn't kind of explain why Batman's not just like really off his game.
4: <laughs> uh, you know, it's easy enough. You can set him up with uh, <laughs> some sort of hobby that happens to keep him in extremely good shape. Like he's a mountain climber now or something in his in his spare time, right? So he has to actually be in good shape. So when he gets back, yeah, maybe Batman, he's still trains not too far. <laughs> right. like we can get All out right, of that the,
3: one. That brings us over to George Miller's Justice League Mortal. Um, so this happened in 2007. Mm-hmm. Uh, they ordered a script for a, super, uh, for a Justice League movie. Um, Kieran and Michelle Mulroney, uh, who wrote Sherlock Holmes, A Game of Shadows, were writing. Not and a George good citation. And, <laughs> I know. And George Miller of Mad Max, Babe and Happy Feet, was going to direct. <laughs>
4: Anyone that you can put that list together for. Yeah, uh, you
3: know what? I I, I I give it to him. Mad Max Babe and Happy Feet Mhm I I don't know what that means but I'm I don't intrigued. know where to categorize damn intrigued. That person. um Does, whore? So this is that possible <laughs> They were talking about Money doing grubber. this as they were they were talking about doing this as sort of like the um what was that the the Beowulf movie Yeah the motion capture stuff, which looked awful to me. And I was glad they didn't wind up doing this movie yeah. for no other reason that we don't have to see a motion capture final fantasy justice league on the big screen. Right. Right. Um, but, uh, the cast was actually pretty inspired in places. Arnie hammer as Bruce Wayne,
4: mm, uh, Batman, fine.
3: uh, DJ Katrona as Clark Kent, Superman, Adam mm-hmm. Brody as the flash, Megan Gale as Wonder Woman. Um, but there were a bunch of script problems. Uh, Apparently, shooting location disagreements. Uh, there, there were lots of, of, of big problems. They kept kind of going back and forth on the script, and it kept getting pushed back and pushed back and pushed back until it was shut down in twenty ten. Which we all know what was happening: Green Lantern,
4: right? Now, Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, and I'm still. Uh, one day, I'll spend more time talking about how much I mourn the fact that that didn't work. But th- this is where you hit a critical turning point for um, for DC or WB, where they. They look at Marvel and kind of realize, oh, that's that's the ticket. Right. So we're not going to do the Justice League and then try to spin off five movies from it. No, because mm-hmm. if you don't like a character, you may not show up for Thor. Um, but what you will do is, if I show you all of these characters and promise you that the Avengers is coming, you will watch. Mm-hmm. Now, what's I'm interesting the dreams is. My ass.
3: This is this has been a weird thing for DC in general because this is 2007 they ordered the script they didn't shut it down until 2010. Mm-hmm. The Dark Knight trilogy wasn't even completed. Mm-hmm. They were willing to recast Bruce Wayne and just have a separate little universe. Yeah, they just they just wanted to have a separate Justice League universe there for a minute outside of the. Outside of the Batman Begins universe, mm-hmm. this uh, this is still a problem with these guys.
4: Well, they probably—I mean—they had to have somebody else in, in mind because Bale was going back and forth on whether he wanted to do them and how long he wanted to do them, and he flipped. I mean, Bale has, there was some Bale
3: has always been against doing Justice League, Alien stuff, Robin, yeah, anything that wasn't just the absolute epitome of dour. Was the only like everything outside of that was just off limits for Bale? Like he was like, no, we're not doing anything that's. And I gotta
4: admit, for for the Bale, he fantastic. Was, uh, for, the, the, for the Batman, he was doing, um, you know, some of that would have been a bad call. Robin, for instance, I, I I don't know a version of Robin that I thought would have fit in the Dark Knight trilogy anywhere, including the one we saw. We'll get into that at some point. <laughs>
3: <laughs> All right, so back, back to once Joss, Joss again, Whedon. We're back to Joss Whedon. Joss Whedon Save us, was Save us. Uh, was. Going to write and direct a Wonder Woman movie. Um, he got uh, between two and three million dollars for the role of writer-director, mm-hmm. and, and uh, Wh- Whedon started uh, writing the writing the script. Um, it was apparently going to be an origin story about uh, Steve Trevor plane crashing onto Themyscira, and then it would eventually move over into Man's World. Whedon said that he was reluctant to cast from an unfinished script but Warner Brothers kept wanting him to announce somebody.
4: So they could go ahead and start printing off toys. Oh, well, yeah. yeah, They were trying and, to talk to the Barbie people about whether they could make a Wonder Woman a Barbie.
3: And then eventually, according to Whedon, he turned in an outline in 2007, and they didn't care for it. He says, um, besides Wonder Woman's great origin story, there's nothing from the comics that felt right 100%. No iconic canon story that must be told. Batman has it made. He's got the greatest rogues gallery ever. He's got Gotham City. The bat writes himself. With Wonder Woman, you're writing from whole cloth, but trying to make it feel like you didn't, to make it feel like it's existed for 60 years, even though you're making it up as you go along. But who she she and what the movie is about thematically has never been a problem for me. But the steps along the way, it could be so easy for them to feel wrong. I won't settle. She wouldn't let me settle.
4: And so he settled on doing the pictures.
3: They part, yeah. They parted ways.
4: Yeah. And um, this is now, and uh, this is twice now that the WB has failed to get it up for Joss Whedon doing Batman and Wonder Woman. Um,
3: <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, how many ways can you screw a thing up? I
4: don't, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I, it's twice, man. This is twice. Uh, this is. I know. Uh, and they didn't. They didn't know. Maybe they didn't know. And you gotta wonder if we don't ever, if ever consider going over and helping them out with these movies now, because you know they kind of shut. And he was. It. He was having what looks like a particularly poor run of success there for a second. I'll grant him that, because you know, mm-hmm. Firefly dies. He's wrapping Serenity when he's about the time he starts to try to do Wonder Woman. Um, right. And Serenity did a lot better d- people serenity thought. Serenity dies. Do, but, yeah, he's trying to close the book on a property that was canceled way before its time. And mm-hmm. trying to open up this new, this new catalog of possibilities. And they just, they just keep slamming the, the book on his hand. Uh, no, nope.
3: Now, the day before Whedon uh, <laughs> departed from the, the property, Warner Brothers and Silver Pictures bought a spec script mm-hmm. from a couple of cats named Matthew Jennison and Brent Strickland. Their, their, their version of it saw Wonder Woman in World War II. It was a period piece. Warner Brothers did not like a period piece. They wanted it in a modern setting. <laughs> uh, it turns out that Joel Silver, he did. He, he admitted that he just bought the script to keep it off the market and to stop the rights from reverting to anybody else. And so, for anyone
4: who hasn't called on to, that's how this shit works, well... That's how this shit works. Yeah. You, you make terrible movies sometimes just to keep the property and to keep the rights because otherwise right. they'll expire on you. And it, it, It's a use it or lose it kind of uh, contract a lot of the time. It, the best example ever, possibly ever, and still going, is that um, Fantastic Four film that came out yeah I, I don't even remember the title of it i, I think I don't, someone, someone dropped about a hundred thousand dollars on a fantastic Four movie Guess what that gets you Whole i don't remember I don't remember
3: the specifics of it but uh matt Carroll the from the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast was telling me um he actually had a plan a couple of years ago i think it was i think this was the the plan we sit down we write really good spec scripts that no that no one will ever actually use mm-hmm and just sell them to producers or to executives to keep, uh, so that they'll buy them up, pay us handsomely. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> no, you, it you doesn't matter like that we
4: never. You get about one hundred, hundred twenty grand for that script still. Yeah, for the final version. Of that, of that. You do. can make six digits off that. That's a fine living. Do Once do everything a year you manage do, to get that done.
3: Make it amazing.
4: <laughs>
3: because they'll be... never use it.
4: And these are the cats you can run into at a uh, at a, an, an LA bar somewhere. And go, oh, what do you do for a living? Oh, I'm a screenwriter. I'm a screenwriter, uh, man. And you know, you, you're looking at his watch, going, dude, what have you been involved with? Oh, you've never seen anything I wrote. Yeah. Okay. Now, clearly,
3: I've been involved the, in
4: a lot of trash cans. That's what I've been involved with.
3: Some of the uh, do you do you actually remember? Do you or do you? There's a there's a great bit from the critic, the old John Lovitz cartoon where he, he writes the script and turns it in and uh, they t- they're telling him, the guy's telling him like, oh yeah, it was great, it was great. And he's like, oh cool, when's it going to go into production? And they're like, oh no, sweetie, no. The Good scripts don't go into production. And he like brings up this glass case from the floor and he's like, this is where I keep all the scripts that are too good to be made into movies. And he's just picking <laughs> up scripts and naming them off and he's like, Revenge of the Nerds 5, oh, how did you get in there? <laughs> and he goes over to the phone. He's like, Yeah, I've got a script. We need to put it into production immediately. <laughs> that sounds right. Anyway, uh, obviously, uh, the Ryan Reynolds Green Lantern movie um, was supposed to have sequels. They were supposed was... to work. <laughs> In some
4: cases, Why it did, didn't
3: it work. It d- well, poor marketing and constant re-edits. That is exactly what happened.
4: Yeah, the constant re-edits will get you every time. Now, the marketing is to spare them on because they were like, it's Green Lantern. We got Ryan Reynolds. We're done here, right? We're good? Okay, I'm going home. Right. They checked there out on shots. Wednesday afternoon to have a five-day weekend.
3: There were sequences in that movie where I was looking at it and going, oh, my God, this has been edited to hell and back. They didn't have the shot they wanted. Mm-hmm. They didn't know what to do with it. And I they can They ran out of money.
4: That. To, to go CGI it into a shot they wanted.
3: Anywho, <laughs> uh, there were Another apparently thing. going to be at least two more sequels um, in involving the uh, the yellow power ring that we saw teased at the end of that with Sinestro. Which mm-hmm. by the way, most of that movie was done really well. So screw screw WB. I mean, <laughs> screw them. I don't care that didn't make as money. Whoever back, screw didn't them.
4: spend enough money, I don't know. I watched it in a theater. I spent my money. I did my part for king and country. <laughs>
3: We're gonna I support jump on. you, Ryan. We're gonna. Well, he he will support you too in the upcoming Deadpool movie, bless his heart, which has nothing to do with DC.
4: And yet, come on, it's, we're all gonna go watch it, right?
3: Yeah. You can have hey, a favorite. Me, uh,
4: doesn't mean you, you don't like the other kid too. Yeah.
3: All right, on to Superman Five. Superman Five. <laughs> now this is jumping back into like the the early '90s. Superman Four, The Quest for Peace, had come out. Mm-hmm. It was awful. Uh it, the Salkinds actually owned uh the property at that point, not Warner Brothers. Superman five was uh, apparently going to star Christopher Reeve. Um there was the they were gonna do the Death of sto- of the Death of Superman storyline. And um Alexander Salkind says that the script was frankly the best one since Superman two or three, which isn't saying a lot. No, but he it says, is
4: at least acknowledging that it wasn't like four.
3: Yeah. It was Brainiac and the city of candor encapsulated. It was fantastic hmm mm-hmm. i I could have dealt with the final Christopher Reeve movie if it was a notch more towards Superman Two but obviously we didn't get that um, yeah. now it was it was probably this was this probably took place like a, maybe a year maybe before Chris Reeve actually had his accident so. He would have had it time was to actually...
4: Destined was, for a failure.
3: Yeah, what's interesting, though, is if, if they had thrown this into production, if they had actually done it, he probably would have been too busy filming Superman to actually get in the accident.
4: I don't know. It was a hobby. He might have found time anyway. Maybe. We'll never know.
3: And th- there were rumors for years after that they were going to find a way to, to, to digitally put his face on a Superman, but, I mean, we still don't even have really good technology with that. Uh, no, I mean, it's getting no. there, but...
4: No, no. Go find the clip of Terminator here recently. <laughs> right, right. We're not there well, yet.
3: Well, apparently we are cuz they they did 3D mapping in uh Hunger Games so, and they're going to a bunch of the the Philip Seymour Hoffman scenes in the last movie are going to be done that way. Oh, good. Cuz well, he didn't he didn't get a lot of his stuff done. But no, but, he
4: didn't even get close. I
3: was wondering. Then we get to super Then we get to Superman Reborn. Mm-hmm. Um so Which after was the death of yeah. After the death of Superman storyline, Warner Brothers bought back the rights from the Salkons because, I mean, who needs that shit? hmm <laughs> And uh, this was apparently a kid-friendly reboot with lots of toy-based possibilities. Mm, of they course. wanted lots of toys. It was going to be Brainiac, Doomsday, Parasite, and Silver Banshee as the villains. Because and, WB got this
4: back and immediately forgot all of the lessons Schumacher had taught them.
3: Well, I mean, this was this was before the Schumacher debacle. They were actually looking to this oh, was wait, what, like when was this? This would be uh, before this would be probably ninety five, ninety four, ninety five. I mean, Smith
4: was brought in to rewrite. It's got to be late nineties at least.
3: Yeah, no, but it was like ninety seven around the Superman Lives time because they were really wanting to do Superman as a uh, as a companion piece to their Batman films. But when uh, Batman and Robin. Flopped so magnificently at the box office. A lot right. of the, a lot of the Superman projects and all the, a lot of the superhero
4: projects died so for a while. Just got popped right in the middle of all that madness. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're no, let's be completely clear here. Batman and Robin nearly killed this industry mm-hmm. in its infancy. Yeah, that it's well yeah, infancy. You say you infancy,
3: it. I say toddlerism. Eh, <laughs> toddlerism might be more fair.
5: Um.
3: I just wanted to say toddlerism. You just want to <laughs> work that into the language somehow? <laughs>
4: I did. I did.
3: <sighs> uh fair enough. So yeah. So this would have been about probably ninety five. Um, we know they had, we know that uh, well, like Kevin Smith had already released Clerks and Mallrats by this time.
4: Mm-hmm,
3: mm-hmm. So it was probably about ninety five. Well, He 96. released Mallrats,
4: and someone saw Mallrats because they were already an industry insider, and they knew about Clerks and knew about this new mm-hmm. up and coming guy. They saw him and knew that and, and realized he had referenced the characters. So they just start throwing money at him. Yeah, yeah. And Smith you understand. said himself this. he he clearly he, he didn't actually want to take a swing at anything like they kept asking him to write these things and smith mm-hmm. kept telling him like you realize these guys over here write this for a living right you know that right doing great stuff like why don't why don't you talk to I mean, have you talked to frank miller yeah.
3: um and they were like these, these are those are the comic book guys right we they, don't they, we don't, they don't deal with us now
4: yeah, we're in that they, same area but it's different now it's slightly it because now wb's they for all they should be taking from some of the stuff on television that's working out well for them and making them money. Mm-hmm. But that's still their mentality is, oh, those are the TV guys. They don't know how to do a feature film.
3: Well, the mainstream menta- mentality is that, you know, oh, well, this has got to be better because this is real. That's how people think. This is real. Right. And I'm thinking, I'm saying none of it is real. <laughs> there are still actors playing the parts. <laughs> I don't, just because something is animated doesn't mean, I mean... I don't... Having a, a actual human face to look at, does it change the story? Oh, okay. Never mind. Mm, yeah. So Kevin Smith was brought in to rewrite, as Jason said, and um, he described the Superman Reborn script like the Batman TV show version of a Superman movie. Very campy. Sounds So, of course... Terrible. That brings us to Kevin Smith's Superman Lives. Um... He wrote the script. They offered him the job, and he wrote the hell out of the script. And because but with the you're caveat, you're
4: gonna say yes eventually to
3: that. You just aren't sure. But right. there was a caveat that Warner's could make whatever changes they wanted. Uh, those changes are well documented in "An Evening with Kevin Smith." Mm-hmm. Um, and this begins the Superman Funnily Lives... Funnily documented as well. This is, is essentially the beginning of the Superman Lives uh, debacle. That can be... De- it has been discussed in a movie they just put out as a... Um, someone just put out a movie on this. Um, it was co- It's called The Death of Superman Lives, What Happened? It has been released already. It was released on July 9th or July 8th. Um, yeah, but so it is. it has I been think. released. Yeah, it has been released i i plan to watch it apparently um we've been very wrong about a lot of the stuff that was in this movie um over the course of of many years because so much stuff has not been released and now with this documentary a lot of people are saying this could have actually been a pretty badass superman i i can't speak to that but uh kevin smith has talked about how i'm going to
4: listen to it as a as a possible idea it, just mm-hmm. on the on the basis that Kevin Smith does actually love this character. And he yeah. he, he can write. It's not yeah. not a matter of that. And he, he himself makes fun of how he writes action because he doesn't. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. It, it's I'm willing to, to listen, but man, you look at some of the stuff that's that's on this some of the changes and how how was the yeah. John Peters um, thing.
3: Yeah, John Peters he I mean this well documented and in an uh, an evening with Kevin Smith. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find that clip on YouTube. But um John Peters didn't want any flying. He didn't want ba- uh, a Superman to fly. He didn't want the the red and blue costume and he wanted a giant spider in the third act. Um so
4: and the this script is, has no origins sort story. of uh, compulsion that John Peters has as a human being. Uh-huh. The giant spider in the third act. It's I don't know I don't know what it is. Maybe he's got a little a tiny little Marlon Wayans demon.
3: Oh, they certainly do because Warner Brothers wanted a sassy, gay R two D two like robot, an they alien pulled, space they dog.
4: Every word that was trending for that, yeah, they
3: an alien space dog that for, to be marketed to children right. and Superman
4: or Brainiac, one or the other, fighting polar bears. They really uh, this is this is early days of the internet, so I don't know where you find a trending list, but they found it. <laughs> and they, they just used, they used glommed all the words together <clears throat> until they made what what seemed like a, a reasonable topic, or at least a subject and verb, finally. No. Alien space now, dog. Superman yeah. fighting a polar bear. Although he has heat vision, so I guess he is technically fighting those polar bears the whole time. No,
3: no, there was no origin story. Superman and Clark Kent are uh, are... It's St- part commodity. of the status quo, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh and Superman and Lois are in a relationship, and apparently in Smith's script they actually play with that a little bit. Um there's actually a reveal that they that they are in a relationship. They I believe they play upon the old uh the old dynamic of like, oh Clark, I wish Superman was
4: here. Ha ha ha
3: ha Anyway, right. so the uh I'm the sure script a couple been, of
4: decent jokes about that.
3: The script has been leaked online. It is so many places. You can have this script on, I'll put up a link, but you can find it, you can download it, you can read it. You can read what could have been Kevin Smith's take of Superman Lives, which and brings I, us.
4: I haven't tried the documentary. I intend to watch it, but I am going to go back and yeah. read that script front to back before I watch that movie, or the documentary.
3: Yeah, yeah. Now, <clears throat> Tim Burton was brought in. Mm-hmm. Which brings us to Tim Burton's Superman Lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, Burton came in, brought a couple of his own writers. Um, it was rewritten a few times, from what I understand. Um, they kept Kevin Smith's Dan- Thanagarian Snare Beast, mm-hmm. which was the giant spider. They added a Plutonian Claw Beast as well,
4: doubling down.
3: Yeah, and <laughs> but they changed. They they stripped out all of Smith's dialogue, which is probably it's, the best party he had in
0: there.
3: Yeah. That's. Uh, <sighs> but Burton's take <laughs> would have seen a 30-something semi-retired Superman played by Nicolas Cage who for some reason knew nothing about his Kryptonian heritage. Brainiac, mm-hmm. which apparently was going to be played by Christopher Walken. There's actual, uh, apparently this movie unveils concept art for Christopher Walken as Brainiac, which I'm not against. That would have been cool.
4: No, that could work.
3: Um, he shows up, teams up with Lex Luthor, uh, rumored to be Jack Nicholson, to find a piece of technology Jor-El sent to Earth called K, which would protect Superman and bring him back to life if need be. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brainiac and Luthor block out the sun, unleash Doomsday on Superman, and they fight to the death. Uh, so the K, or the Eradicator, which is a suit here, brings Superman back, but Superman doesn't have his powers, so the suit acts as his powers until Superman regains them. Brainiac and Luther merge into some kind of super evil creature, and the K suit is destroyed in the process, but they kind of play it like it's a uh like a sacrificial friendship thing mm-hmm. um, at the end, Superman returns and leaves Clark Kent behind. He like abandons all of his humanity um but apparently is suddenly at the end of the movie in a mysteriously in a relationship with lois Lane by at, at the end and he he wasn't at the beginning, so that that's weird hmm Um just she throw was rumored in to have Sandra Bullock
4: there at the end when you need to yeah, sell something she, out.
3: She, would have, uh, she was rumored to have been played by Sandra Bullock, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, th- they got really far into pre production on this one. Uh, but Batman and Robin tanked when Warner started cutting funds and Burton left. And Nick Cage whined about it for years, and said he oh, hoped he could find somebody who would fin- do the movie and blah
4: blah blah. That script that is no also one floating to about to online this shit by the time it was over. Yeah,
3: but it, what's it weird had- is apparently they they do they take they they take the one thing that that Kevin Smith didn't write in that script, and they added it in. They took um, something from a different Kevin Smith movie, the Superman and Lois can't have children situation, the conversation, mm-hmm. the. Uh, the uh, Whatever it was, the, the the conversation about why Superman and Lois could never have children from Mallrats, and they right. stuck it in this movie. Kevin Smith had left that out of his take. He never even brought it up, apparently.
4: But Right. And it really does sound like someone saw Mallrats, thought, well, that'd be an interesting take on Superman. Hire that guy. He comes in, mm-hmm. that guy, comes in and writes an entire script that has nothing to do with the one thing he hired him for. And as soon as he pushes that guy out the door, he puts in the one damn thing he wanted. You um, know, he's like, damn it,
3: Smith, all we wanted was... <laughs>
4: The we Man of Steel Coital
3: to- Debate. We wanted the Man of Steel
4: Coital Debate. That's all we wanted. Right. He just wanted to right. rewrite the mall rat scene with less cussing and put it on.
3: Yeah, now, okay. So this, we're we're in a situation here where we're, we are about to prove to you that <laughs> Superman Lives, either Kevin Smith or Tim Burton's version, was actually, for the most part, on the right track. Because then we get J.J. Abrams Superman flyby,
4: right? Which, when you when you look at some of the just the base uh, ideas that were being tossed around, I don't know, it it does feel a little Abrams. It it's like a Superman inspired acid trip.
3: Yeah. Now this is a script I read. I actually read it years ago when it first leaked. Mm-hmm. Um, I was there for the backlash. I was on Ain't It Cool News watching that.
4: None other than Henry Cavill, right? Um, He, well, they
3: never, they probably not. He did screen test. Henry Cavill did screen test for Superman
4: for this movie. Because Um, the man looks like Superman. What
3: Brett Ratner was going to direct. um, And he wanted either Josh Hartnett or Jude Law to be Superman. But neither one of them wanted to commit to the, neither one of them wanted to commit to it to the, all the sequels because this was the first of
4: a trilogy um matt and bomber had done that actually both of them probably wish they'd done it.
3: but matt bomber was was considered tom welling from smallville was was considered he was already on smallville at the time mm-hmm. paul walker was considered um this thing went through a lot of different iterations brett ratner was had left the production at some point and was replaced with McGee. and then he left um, it was written by J.J. Abrams. It was the first in a the trilogy. They denied Abrams the the right to direct the movie because he was untested at the time. Mm-hmm. This thing is crazy as hell. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Krypton Krypton is not destroyed. Never mm-hmm. destroyed. Is taken over. Like in this version, JorEl is like the king of Krypton. Sure, and <clears throat> like is t- overtaken by like. Opposing forces, and I mean they've got like wars with cousins. Like there's like a civil war and shit. Like it's sure. really weird. It's really weird. So like we have like a Moses situation where like Jarrell like sends Kal El to Earth to get get so he won't get killed basically, mm-hmm. and Jarrell goes into hiding. Uh, which uh, of course a bunch of Kryptonians end up coming to Earth and unleashing Doomsday or whatever. Was- um, Christopher Reeve. Not Christopher Reeve. God, what am I thinking? Um, I don't know of better times anyway, and places. Never mind that. Um, Jimmy Olsen was apparently gay, and there were part apparently a lot of like disparaging gay jokes in the script. Like, mm-hmm. and I do remember it. I do remember reading those and going, "Okay, well, okay. Why,
4: why are we doing gay bashing in a Superman film?"
3: Yeah, which it, it mostly made sense, but they had written Perry White as a really homophobic asshole. And he was the one doing all the gay bashing, and then you have Jimmy Olsen being like, "He's an asshole." Okay, which is an um,
4: response to being bashed. Now
3: you know, right? Right at the beginning, though, it describes all of these um, martial arts that the Kryptonians know, and they have. It, it, they're doing like this is like Matrix shit while they're in the sky, and even Superman somehow knows martial arts. He's he's a He's like a kung fu master or some shit. It's really weird. Codex, um, I guess? I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. So Lex Luthor, um, yeah, no. Yeah, Chris Reeve was. He was hired as a consultant. I forgot oh, he didn't that's die.
4: That's where you got it. <laughs>
3: I forgot he didn't die when he fell off the thing, off the horse, you know? That's, and that's, I thought, I was like, no, wait, acceptable. he was dead. And then I was like, wait, no, he was in a wheelchair for like 20 years. That's, yeah. He oh. was hired as a consultant like i was like how did i read that and put that down in my notes i, but yeah. I don't know lex Luthor. here was the fun thing about lex Luthor, and it was awful um he was a ufo nut cia agent yeah um and then at the end it's revealed that he's like literally superman's brother and he's kryptonian
4: they made him molder
3: they made him molder who winds up being kryptonian right now was yeah. there were lots of weird things in the script uh there's actually a rundown that i'll post it was an abram uh sorry it was a uh it was a review from uh the supermanhomepage.com mm-hmm. uh, i will post a link to that and they pretty much hit the nail on the head for the most part um there's like a weird Ma kent rape scene where like freaking clark like Almost kills the dude who was trying to rape her. It was like the landlord or something. Like it was just real weird, real weird stuff. All right. Like there, there's a super I poop don't know. joke. S-
4: mentioning the words Ma Kent rape scene, I, I may never get an erection again. I, I know those are not words that are supposed to go together. I feel dirty. I know. I feel dirty even haven't thought about it. But and you know, but they
3: did a super poop. Apparently, he his poop smells worse because he's Superman. This this is a thing that almost happened, people.
4: This this actually showed up. This actually showed up. And if ever
3: in your life you you look at the later seasons of Fringe, and you or you look at the later seasons of Lost, and you think this could have been so much better if J J Abrams was involved. Remember, super poop <laughs> and mock can't rape. Think
4: That's yourself, what I want you to remember. Bad robot bad robot. Right. Terrible robot. Terrible, terrible <laughs> ill-conceived robot. It <laughs> <laughs> actually probably would have been a lot better if he had let whatever that fucking robot is write that script. I, well, that may have been how this happened. Yeah. Again, where I get back yeah. to like I think there's a... People just have algorithms they've devised and they throw in a bunch of kitsch words and see what comes out. And It came out super poop.
3: Right, right. Because apparently Brothers apparently just there really is him. no god. Oh... So, yeah, there there were, there, there were are a lot of weird, egregious things in this script, and if you can't find a copy of the script, at least go read this rundown. Or just spare it, yourself entirely crazy.
4: and forget that you've ever heard anything about the words Superman fly by.
3: Yeah, why would you call it that? That's such a dumb name.
4: That's, <laughs> that's such a dumb name. Because that's the amount of editorial revision that was done before someone admitted these ideas. Right, right. Abrams through did through it. Some Abrams, it at lunch before a one o'clock meeting. That's what he did.
3: Abrams did. He came out and he defended himself. He was like, "Well, that, what was leaked was the first draft, and then like a separate draft later on, like a heavily revised draft was was leaked, and apparently no, it was it it was like like all the bits that everyone hated were still in there."
4: He doubled down. <laughs> I'm sure. No, no, sir. You do not come out and apologize for this. I want pure contrition. You, no. Which
3: people always ask me why I had a problem with JJ Abrams. Rebooting Star Trek.
4: Because you did. I. <laughs> you remembered well, mock-ent rape scene and thought, I you know, I don't want Scotty to get plunged. I mean, I haven't
3: had the best experience with Mr. Abrams. Um, I watched Felicity, and yeah, it was an awful little teenage drama, but um, the last five episodes involved time travel suddenly and inexplicably and don't make any damn sense. Mm-mm. And J.J. No,
4: Abrams was all over that. It, it, I, what, I, what I understand about that is he got to the last few episodes and kind of realized, no one can stop me now. Like it's, <laughs> well, it's what I imagine goes through a president's head in the last like two months of his of his uh, term. is Well, what are you going to do? Impeach me? Takes longer than that to che- get that started. Fuck it, I'm doing whatever I want.
3: Yeah, well, I mean, they had already filmed, on Felicity, they had already filmed all of their episode order. And they had they had filmed the final episode felicity graduates from college and she and ben wind up together and they go off and la 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 la, la. Mm-hmm. and then the network kind of went oh man we we screwed up i mean you guys have been doing pretty good in, in the ratings this season but we've got like five weeks that we don't have anything on the schedule for so could you go ahead and make like five more episodes
4: Kind
3: pop out five more of those no and so they kind of have to like go back and rewrite that happy ending and be like and then ben cheats on her so she takes a mystical drug that sends her back in time and relives the year in a different way no part of it made sense it was awful but apparently from what i understand jj abrams was really excited about that just like (laughs) time
4: travel (sighs) anyway he he frightens me he frightens me and i did i watched fringe straight through
3: (laughs) well i mean he only had something to do with like what the
4: pilot no i think uh, i forget the details on that but yeah, yeah, he he was like he
3: he wrote like the pilot, and then uh, the EPs for the show were uh, Bob Orsi and uh, Kurtzman. Kurtzman, Kurtzman and Orsi, yeah. the guys who wrote the 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 first two Star Trek movies of his. And mm-hmm. then, like, of course, they got too busy writing, so they moved it on over to a couple other guys, and then they got busy and they moved it on. The showrunners changed on, on on Fringe,
4: I think, every year. Yeah, by the last season, the janitor was clearly writing. Clearly, writing.
3: Um, so of course, instead of Superman Flyby, we wound up getting Brian Singer's Superman Returns. And even though there was a disappointing box office, um, they were going to do a sequel. It was going to be called Man of Steel, mm-hmm. uh, and it would have it would have had Darkseid as the villain, <clears throat> which I was mean, kind of confusing because I thought it would for sure have something to do with that super kid that he sired. But
4: whatever. Um, probably that, but at least if it's Dark Side, he's probably going to have to punch something at some point.
3: Yeah, but hey. Um, thankfully, there was a writer strike. Oh. oh. Thankfully, there was a writer strike, and
4: the Brandon Ralph contract destroyed, destroyed was up so and, many shows that I love.
3: Yeah, yeah, but hey, it spared us Brian Singer's Man of Steel. Uh, I know. By the but by, the time they got back the around bases. to that. Anyway, yeah. Well. I miss heroes being good. What, what the hell do you want, man? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So apparently, and I do, I remember this. Uh, I remember this coming out. Um, this this news leaking, and thankfully, it went nowhere. There was apparently going to be a Jack Black Green Lantern movie. The mm-hmm. idea was to take Green Lantern, turn him into a comedy adventure vehicle. Mm-hmm. Jack Black would have been producing Looney Tunes type projections from his power ring. Mm -hmm. thankfully that's all the news we have on that because nothing ever happened with that there's which uh, is my proof that there is a god
4: right on the whole on the whole wb we've i feel like if we were keeping points and they started at 100 at the beginning of this conversation uh you know they're somewhere in the 40s maybe by now Mm -hmm. if we're just taking off points for every bad decision this gets them into the '60s. This gets them back into the '60s, not doing that movie.
3: Man, I mean, what's weird is like right before that. Um, I don't know if you're aware of this, but they had a cartoon. It was a Looney Tunes cartoon, mm-hmm. and it was a it was a takeoff. It was a weekly. Uh, it was a weekly show. It, it was a takeoff on some of the old cartoons, the old Daffy Duck cartoons, the Duck Dodgers of the 21st and a half century or whatever it was, 24th and a half century. Gotcha. And they actually they had a. Uh, it was like Daffy Duck as a superhero running around in space and in one of the episodes they did a mock crossover with justice league and daffy duck joins the green lantern Corps. (laughs) and i feel like an executive was watching tv with his kid one night and saw that and went
4: oh that's what we can do with green lantern and then Turns to someone or gets on the phone with someone and asks them, "Has Jack has Jack Black signed on for Nacho Libre yet?" Okay, good. We can still use him. This was not that long ago, was it not? Either it was really it was... not that long ago. I I I, reme- I, just, I I don't know. I just assumed it would have been before that period, like when Jack Black was kind of peaking a little bit, shallow hal area.
3: No, this was definitely after that. Scooby Jack Fry. Black had. Well, come and gone, is, as far as I'm concerned. He's come and gone a few times. Yeah. <laughs>
4: He's uh, a resilient bastard, that one. He is.
3: Hell of a single. Um, yeah, did Did you see him on Jimmy Fallon the other night? They were doing a ext- uh, cover of a, the of More Than Words by Extreme. Like, Fallon and Jack Black were doing it. They actually kind of knocked it out of the park. I believe it. <laughs> Um, no, I, so I didn't watch
4: it because I got I saw that title somewhere, got the song stuck in my head, and hated Jimmy Fallon for the rest of the day. That's fair. That's that's how um, that went.
3: Oddly enough, I, I wound up watching that video, and I was in real danger of having more than words stuck in my head. And then I I saw uh, I saw Sugar by by uh, <laughs> System of a Down and the related notes, and wound up watching that. So I, I got Sugar stuck in my head for the next day. You poor thing. I know. Anyway, so on to Green Arrow: Escape from Supermax. This was uh, this was gonna involve Green Arrow being thrown into a Supermax prison facility, where he'd have to fight <coughs> his way out. Um, as like the beginning of the movie, he's thrown into this prison. He has to fight his way out. It's like mm-hmm. Arkham Asylum, and
4: well, that's how I heard it described. On it was like the Arkham Asylum game, but with Arrow and on film. Um... Right. Yeah, man. Let's do that. Yeah. In fact, if this isn't on the table still, wherever Jeff Johns is, hopefully he remembers the idea and has mentioned it to Berlanti.
3: Well, yeah, well, let's uh we let's do let's, a let's episode. Pull back cuz this was a David mm-hmm. Goyer script.
4: A David Goyer joint.
3: Yeah. And he claimed that he had the Riddler, Lex Luthor and Joker cameos lined up.
5: Uh mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
3: There was going to be A there were going to be A, B and C list of villains there.
4: Of course. Um He's gonna run and, into a five five eyed man or something, or the five fingered man, whatever his name was.
3: And and then just nobody gave a damn, so they just stopped talking about it.
5: Because
4: I, you know, you take out the goryness, um, and I, I can, I can imagine Stephen Amell running around a prison trying to get out. Um, yeah. And I imagine I would watch it. I can also imagine, say, for instance, Diggle secretly getting a security guard job so he could help. Right. Felicity hacking most of the systems over there at a certain time. Mm-hmm. Um, let's say Flash undoing a couple of locks at, a, at an opportune moment.
3: I hate to say it, but I think you've and of killed course, this Firestorm, project for me.
4: You know, pretty much destroying an entire wing to create a distraction.
3: I, I really hate to say it, but I think you've killed this movie for me. Why? I don't know, but there's just so much about it that just maybe it's just all the arrow elements. I don't, I don't know. 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 I'd
4: love to see it in the area. Of our... No, it, I know what it is. I know what it is, and it's it's your it's your your scarring. It's your this is your um, emotional abuse showing because you've seen mm-hmm. the word goryer, and you know you're not crossing yeah. this bridge no matter what.
3: I mean, you know, I'm
4: not saying I blame you.
3: Some wounds can't be healed.
4: I get it. <laughs> I watched The Dark Knight Rises too. <laughs>
3: oh man. Well,
4: I mean that I think that's
3: that does it for us on on all of these movies. Uh what what do you think would be what are your
4: top 5? What would you like to see? The if you could five choose 5 of, five of these. I could, if I could just grab 5 that I think I should have happened. Just should have happened. Um or even that I I wished had just been produced period cuz I'll take Bill Murray Batman. Mm-hmm. I'll take my chances that that's the worst piece of shit I've ever seen because yeah. there's a chance that it's the greatest thing I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um I'm pulling that one out. I'm pulling out Batman Triumphant, or Batman, what did he actually name it? Unchained. Oh,
3: Unchained, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to pull
4: that one out of the hat and let it go ahead and... Should have uh, been called
3: Batman Unnipped.
4: <laughs> right. But. I'm going to let that one go romp around. Uh, probably... Whedon's Batman, definitely. Oh, yeah. Um, I got to say, I, I, I'm going to concur with you, though, that if Goyer was in charge of Green Arrow Escape from Supermax, I'll pass. Um, mm-hmm.
3: Well, it's the least interesting one on the entire list, I think.
4: I think it'd make a fine movie, but more than, more importantly, what it remind, I just I think it'd make a fine like two part episode of like make that the crossover episode in season four of Arrow. Yeah, I mean they could give me a two parter. I'll be fine. They could like it, somehow he gets thrown into jail. He's helping Flash on Tuesday night. Somehow that gets him in jail, and Wednesday night they all have to go help him out. Okay. Yeah. Um. What else would we have here? We're done with the Schumacher stuff because he gets he gets unchained and then that's it. He's only mm-hmm. on that. Mm-hmm. I I might I might have wanted to see that um, poorly named Dark Knight Darnight I suppose uh, 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 um, uh, uh. just because yeah. that would be a fun version of the Scarecrow and I still want to see what it mean what they mean by his sense of touch is off so it tightened his other senses and it made him a living. I, I
3: don't get a feeling and it, it gets any deeper than that, man. I pardon me, just wants to <laughs> know what the fuck they're talking
4: about, and I I want to see an analgesic scarecrow. Anyway, um, yeah, yeah, Then number five gets kind of kind of hard, kind of hard to do. I might just have to pitch in wildly um, that I would like to see one of the Green Lantern sequels.
3: Yeah, um, for me, I um I wouldn't want to see the Green Lantern sequels unless they were actually going to go along with that line and do Justice League and all of that uh, with Ryan Reynolds in in the role. Understood. Um, he could still come back, and it made me happy. If I really had, if I had to pick any of like five out of this list, mm-hmm. I'm going with Kevin Smith's Superman Lives, which you know I'll take as Tim Burton's Superman Lives as well. Like I would love to see what Kevin Smith would have done with it, and and Tim Burton's Superman Lives. No, I just well, I've always kind of wanted to see a Tim Burton
4: without. Studio edits, or do you want to actually see the uh, the what is it now? I can't even remember how those words go together. Well, I can read Alien the script. Alien space
3: doc. Yeah, I can read Kevin Smith's script, but mm-hmm. I actually want to see like that was kind of part of what became Tim Burton's Superman Lives. They they, they copied a lot of the story over. So mm-hmm. I would, I guess, I'll choose that as one. Superman Lives, just Except in general, the, like that giant what that would have co- ended up in
4: up. Uh, Wild Wild West, did he not?
3: Yeah, and if you listen to to, to Kevin Smith. Kevin would say that. I mean, he he did say, and uh, in their Man of Steel review, that uh, the polar bears made it in. Like the the world engine looked a whole hell of a lot like a giant spider. <laughs> 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 um, I
4: don't know. It looks spiderish.
3: Um, but yeah, I want to see Superman Lives uh, as directed, as would have been directed by uh, by Tim Burton. I want to I want to see Christopher Walken as Brainiac. Well, I mean, it barely Smith's script um, at that point. Yeah, yeah. I actually would. I would. I would love to see the bat. The the Bill Murray Batman. I want to see the Joss Whedon Batman.
4: Of course. Um, I want to see that little kid say, you know, it's okay. I can stop them and realize it. I that. I, 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 oh, that's again. Yeah. that's Ten dollars. I wish I didn't have. Yeah.
3: Um, I I would have loved to have seen uh Wolfgang Peterson's Batman
4: versus Superman. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. You're right. I might give I'm, uh, I might give up my Green Lantern sequel for that. Oh, definitely. Green sequel you're doing?
3: Like, screw Green Lantern sequel, man. <laughs> if if that's the choice I've got to make, that's that's it. No, give me um, the Coast
4: City story and everything, and I'll I'll I'll, I'll, I'll consider it.
3: No, I'm tempted. Like, I'm torn, and because I kind of want to. I do. I really do. I want to see Batman Unchained. I would want to see all those villains show up again.
4: Yeah, um, I'd like to see those stories combined. It pissed me off to the end of time that they would recast Batman in the middle of it, but, uh, you know, yeah, so much we can but, do about I that.
3: Mean, but at the same time, I really would have loved to see Schumacher's Dark Knight because if you look at the Dark Knight, like, there are certain, I mean... His Dark Knight Returns? Shit. Yeah, Dark Knight Returns. Um, I mean, if you look at certain scenes in Dark Knight Returns, like, this shit ain't nothing but neon. You hmm. could have made a case that that's where he was heading the entire time. Like slowly, we're getting more '80s and '80s, and like, like bad, you know,
4: bad '80s. It's a redundant term. Design?
3: No, no, I don't think so.
4: Very little of the aesthetic that was established in the '80s is worth remembering. It well at this point is fun, but everyone, everyone looked very tacky for those those years
3: yeah what's weird though is you look back like you, you say that in the 90s and you're like oh god everybody's so tacky and then now like people are looking back on the 90s going like oh what were we doing why well, are we I mean, wearing all we, that flannel we
4: recovering from the 80s that
3: i never got past the flannel i <laughs> <laughs> i'm perpetually stuck in the grunge look
4: um, sorry the flannel is comfortable what do you want me to tell you the flannel yep. is comfortable. And that's about the, from
3: the beginning and end of that argument. Like, the
4: flannel is comfortable. Period. Move on. Would you like a blue I have, or a red one? Uh, cool.
3: I have no place in, in my life for high rise jeans. <laughs> anyway.
4: Uh, Get
0: you some um, double barrel Jukos, baby.
3: Yeah. I mean, if I had to pick, like, I do. I kind of want, I really want to see that fifth Batman movie, but I also want to see that Dark Knight returns. I want to see Clint Eastwood as, as the bat. Um, God, I really do yeah
4: now uh-huh. all right No. which which one of these are you most thankful you'll never get to see
3: oh well i mean if i let's well, if take I'm jack black question, off the table you are.
4: If okay let's take jack black off the table
3: well i'm gonna take it off the table because i would have never seen that i don't care <laughs> i'm doing the po i'm doing the podcast same as i would have and we would be bringing that up at some point and i'd be like oh yeah i forgot I've that was a thing never seen it and then moving on i'd never see it that really diligence it's that dark side
4: that uh you know all the time we're talking about the animated stuff it, it's always oh yeah and mystery of a batman bat batwoman just shh, shh, don't shh, yeah don't don't ignore that one ignore that one
3: um yeah uh, you want to do the five we're, le- we're most happy we didn't have to see
4: i could stick with just one because a lot of these are, are that, was, <laughs> that was the point of this is the wb failed us yeah um but which one did they yeah. save us from I gotta say, flyby. Flyby, really? I gotta say, flyby. If you if you told me every one of these movies was available, and I'm going to have to sit down in Clockwork Orange style watch them, and I was mm-hmm. allowed to be reprieved of one of them, I'd pick flyby.
3: Mm. Hmm. It's gonna be a tough call for me, man. I mean, I, even though it's on my other list, I'm gonna have to,
4: uh, probably say Superman Lives. I- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, or might Superman say fly by. Bill Murray though, because there's at least the chance that that would have ruined both Batman and Bill Murray for you.
3: That is impossible.
4: I think it's impossible, but we'll never know. No,
3: no, yeah, no. I don't care how bad that movie is. Look, Batman and Robin didn't ruin George Clooney for me. Like I look at well, like George Clooney I have, for seen... me
4: didn't require ruining. I was already pretty much off that train.
3: Why? George I don't Clooney's know. a really good actor. He had sure. the burning. when He's when they. Been announced george clooney as batman i was over the moon
4: i, I watched er <laughs> you had seen like, er I had, you had seen i'd see
3: I, I he had like i was looking like you know what doug is a he's a smooth talker he is i could easily see him being bruce wayne but at mm-hmm. the same time that character had like a darkness to him like, there's a, a shot where like uh, juliana margulies goes up to the roof and doug is on the roof and it's like snowing and it's night and he just turns around and he Glares at her, and I was like, "That's the bat. That's the bat." Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I've seen George Clooney do some very dark stuff, and then and Batman then and Robin came out, on him. and they put nipples on him, and had him go, "Hi, freeze! I'm Batman."
4: And I was like,
0: "Oh man, they—they—and they, they even
4: gave him man. that damnable credit card." Yeah. How do you not walk off the set when someone hands you that prop? unless you're Adam West I don't see how you don't like <laughs> and Adam West is it, he's a superlative being is what he is he can pull that off and I'm fine but yeah no
3: yeah no. um yeah Superman flyby that was I think yeah I'm gonna have to go with that one too because I I would I am more interested because I was an old school Tim Burton fan like I liked Tim Burton up until about the po- uh, up until about the point he did uh, Planet of the Apes and then uh, now I've just fallen off. Everything I've seen him do, almost almost everything I've seen him do since then, has been utter shit.
4: I haven't watched um, him in years. I just I can't watch him put Johnny Depp in any more makeup in my lifetime. I've hit that quota.
3: I, I did. I did kind of like. Uh, I didn't know um, I had that quota, and then it was
4: suddenly there, and I realized, oh no, I've seen this
3: before. I did kind of like Swingy Todd, but
4: uh, man, well, because it was a musical, and yeah, different but then. He it was does a pretty good job with
3: musicals. I yeah, but uh, you know I. I just haven't really cared for Tim Burton since Planet of the Apes, and uh, but back in the day, I was uh, I was all all about Tim Burton, and what brought me to that was one Batman, and mm-hmm. two the Beetlejuice cartoon. Because about the time I was into the Beetlejuice cartoon, I kind of turned around and there was Batman, mm-hmm. and I'm getting like the trading cards and stuff as a kid, and I'm looking and they're like, here's director Tim Burton, and then it like has little parentheses, you know, and it says edward scissorhands beetlejuice and i was like Mm. what i don't think it said edward scissorhands that that came later but it was like beetlejuice that i was like what and then it had michael keaton listed there there with batman and you know michael keaton beetlejuice i was like
4: what (laughs) and your tiny little heart was
3: inspired so you know from i mean i i loved edward scissorhands i loved you know beetlejuice and Mm -hmm. and the nightmare before christmas is still one of my favorite movies so of course of course i kind of really want to see a superman lives even if he did the bastard give me uh, batman batman returns oh man what a what a terrible terrible
4: jaunt that was. Well, uh, as we as we've um discovered several times during this conversation at the studio is it, it you start losing control of that franchise. Well, no, that's pretty early on in the process.
3: No, no, no. That's why they started doing that. Like they had kind of had tight reins on him during Batman um but pretty much gave him what he wanted. Then Batman was such a success; they let him do whatever the hell he wanted for Batman Returns.
4: Okay, so it was after that one where he started to really lose lose his reins a little bit. So then we're back to my fuck McDonald's argument. Uh huh. Uh, Like Warner Brothers. This is my standing theory: is that McDonald's was one of the first dominoes that fell. Like those damnable Happy Mills. That's yeah. (laughs) That's that's where that's where the dominoes started falling, and we get to the Batman and Robin era, and we're just. We almost didn't make it, man. We're in a world yeah. where I'm about to go watch Ant Man in a couple of weeks. yeah, fucking man. that
3: way, I think that's a different movie you just said. Yeah, I, that is an entirely I, different movie, probably. I don't think that movie is being released. no, if it well, is, it is straight to DVD, probably. There are definitely going to be some. Parents complaining about that. <laughs>
4: if there's a mix up at the projector booth, yeah, there's going to be a real problem. <laughs> or, well, I say projector booth. What I mean now is apparently copy of Windows XP. You hang yeah, out in the theater and that's what you see.
3: That's a weird thing for me.
4: Yeah, and they never update their ActiveX. They never update it. <laughs> they never act. <laughs> Every theater I've been in, I've their seen that too. <laughs> I've, I've seen that too. Is way out of date. <laughs>
3: as is at ActiveX, right um, it's just what it's really still okay hey dave from 2021 here i hope you're enjoying the show when we come back from break the third part of dc movies that never happened my favorite part where we get into some of the absolutely batshit pitches that Adam West had for Batman movies and some TV projects that never got off the ground. The best part, Jason had no idea about any of this stuff. It's my absolute favorite. Stay tuned.
0: In the heyday game of farming, the land is fair and bright. Where the wheat grows in a minute, and you can visit day or night. Where the lobsters love to party, and the sun shines every day. On the birds and the bees and giraffes in the trees, the saunas with the pigs near the fish in the stream. Makes more sense if you give it all a chance in the Heyday game of farming. Join over 17 million players and download Heyday for free on the App Store, Google Play, or wherever you get your apps. Hey, Pete, how's that jingle for the 79-cent fountain sodas at Turkey Hill coming along? All
4: done, boss. Take a listen. 79 cents is all you
1: pay
0: for Turkey Hill sodas every day. 79 cents, large, medium, small, any flavor, that's your call. All
1: right, Pete, can you sing plus applicable tax? Come on, boss. Seriously? Yep. Lawyer said we have to. For a limited time, get a small, medium, or large fountain soda for just 79 cents at Turkey Hill. Excludes extra large and all frozen drinks. Plus applicable tax. American Family Insurance, protecting your dreams as you achieve them. Insure carefully, dream fearlessly. Products not available in every state. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies. American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.
3: All right, guys. Now, we have released two episodes called DC Movies That Never Happened, Mm -hmm. parts one and two. (laughs) Strangely,
4: Um, last time I checked, part two had 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 more uh downloads than part 1. I didn't completely understand how that happened.
3: Yeah, that was weird.
4: Yeah, it's, it's fascinating. I don't really Okay. Whatever.
3: So, this is this is just a like we got done with those. Like mm-hmm. I had scoured the internet and found a whole bunch of stuff and we did two parts mm-hmm. and we cut them up into two episodes. Uh-huh. And then shortly after that, I went and found others.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: Like I was just looking around wondering if I'd missed any, and sure enough, there were some that I had missed. And good Lord, like I, it's been months since we did those episodes at yeah. this point. Well, yeah. I have not, I have not spoken with Jason about these and it's been killing me. <laughs> it has been killing me. I refuse to send him a copy yeah. of the rundown for this episode because yeah. I wanted his genuine reaction here. But you usually get it. I usually get a really genuine reaction anyway. Like, cause he doesn't look into this stuff.
4: No, but <laughs> I, I don't, I don't internet good enough. He doesn't internet good enough. He's a very busy man.
3: Uh, yeah. Yeah.
4: And, you know, I go between busy and uh, intolerably lazy. Plus, so. I think it's important that we have an audience
3: proxy on the show
4: anyway. Sure. Audience proxy
3: is good. Sure. Just um, giving yeah. you a peek behind the curtain, y'all. <laughs>
4: <laughs> no one um, needed that curtain pulled back.
3: Mm hmm. Um, so, yeah, we're going to talk about DC Movies That Never Happened, part three. Mm hmm. And, um, And I gather this is where it gets
4: really off the rails somehow.
3: Oh, you're not wrong, sir. (laughs) You're not wrong.
4: (laughs) All right. I've waited long enough. Bring it.
3: All right. We're going to jump in here. This doesn't have a title. But in, apparently, June of 1989, Mm -hmm. Rolling Stone Magazine did an interview with Adam West.
5: Mm -hmm.
3: Adam West was very mad. He was very upset. Um, He dismissed the... uh, Tim Burton Batman movie as Robocop and uh, Robocop in Gotham City.
4: <laughs> Adam, you beautiful man. Oh, that's great.
3: <laughs> and um, was was angry because um, apparently he suge- he suggested that he should play Thomas Wayne. Well, actually, he suggested that he should he could still play Batman, and they ignored yeah. him roundly. Ignored <laughs> him. Barely dismissed. And then he suggested that he could play Thomas Wayne, uh-huh. and as he puts it, they totally ignored me. Mm. Now, apparently, he tried to pitch, or he got, he tried to get them to make a Batman movie some years earlier. Here is his rundown: Bruce Wayne had basically retired to his ranch in New Mexico <laughs>
4: <laughs> after having we all we all know about Batman's. <laughs> Batman's hobby of agriculture and farming? We all, we all... Every time I've looked at Batman, I've thought, you know what? That's a man that's a rancher at heart. <laughs> Bat-
3: Bruce Wayne retires to his ranch in New Mexico after having cleaned up Gotham City. Uh-huh. Most, of the, most of the main villains were in madhouses or penitentiaries. Mm-hmm. So I invented a new supervillain called Sun Yet Mars. Who was so wait, wait, heinous. No.
4: Say that name again. Spell that name sun, for God's sake.
3: Sun as in the Sun, S U N. you in, uh-huh. uh-huh. Yacht or Yat Y A T. Uh huh. And then Mars as in planet Mars. Okay. Sun Yat Mars. Who was so heinous, he inspired to spring them on one horrible stormy night, making them his minions. Marzies. <laughs>
0: Oh No,
4: no, 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 no.
3: Moreover, he was kidnapping college kids from all around the world, taking them to his zombie
4: satellite, which was very alien-looking. You said the word zombie satellite. <laughs> yes. Oh my god! I want and there no, no now I want a, a like an adult swim show called Zombie Satellite. <laughs> that could work.
0: It'd be perfect. Uh, there, no, it's
4: a space station that where, where a zombie outbreak happened, and now no one will come for them. So it's like four somewhat sentient zombies hanging around in a space station. Yeah. If anyone can make that work, it's Adult Swim. <laughs> <I'm> looking at <laughs> you, Brendan right Small.
3: Right, Knock it out. <sighs> so there they marched about and uh, would fall in long lines into these terrible machines that sucked their brains out. Of course. <laughs> um, so Adam West went on to describe that he actually precursed convergence
4: to some things I suppose
3: <laughs> he went on to say though that there would be uh, signs of alien invasion on earth mm. and the film would also include moonlit romantic horse riding <laughs>
5: <laughs> <laughs> and um <laughs> that's so bad
3: <laughs> and here's here's my favorite part uh-huh. um Robin had retired as the Boy Wander uh-huh. and was now, quote, a singing medical intern. He's chasing...
5: <laughs>
0: this is the worst thing I've ever heard. <laughs> oh, my God.
3: <laughs> he says he's a singing medical intern. He's chasing nurses around with his guitar. The Bruce Spring...
4: <laughs> okay.
3: The Bruce Springsteen of Mercy Hospital, he says.
4: Oh God, I'm just imagining Burt Ward chasing people around with his apparently legendarily sized dick hanging out. What? <laughs> I'm imagining Burt Ward, obviously. Well, okay. Uh, there, there, there's, there's rumor uh, that uh, that he has a, um, a a hefty endowment. When did this come about? Oh, this has been hanging around for, for uh, well, since you know. <laughs> since. <laughs> hanging since, around since Jason? his boy blunder days yeah man uh, i don't remember seeing anything oh there there are, mean, he tells he tells whole stories uh <laughs> well, yeah he tells whole stories. exactly that's the thing it's it's a it's supposedly allegedly endowed. um He also claimed he—I don't know—he might have actually gotten laid as much as he says at the time, because he was on every one of those little teeny-bop magazines. Sure, sure. Oh yeah. Oh, he did. Oh my god. I'm just imagining Burt Burt Ward though, with like his comically sized crotch piece and a guitar chasing young interns down Mm -hmm. through hallways. (laughs)
3: Mm-hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm.
4: So okay.
3: Uh Apparently, when that was clearly not going to happen. God, there was a thing called. There was a thing that we'll refer to as Adam West's Superbat.
4: Of course, I don't know that um, I have ever wanted anything in my life more than to see the movie he just described. I know. I, I would pay good money for that. I really. I'd probably have to come home and burn every comic I've ever had after it. <laughs> but I think I'd still do it.
3: So just set my entire career. Adam over. West. Adam West apparently tried to get the right... He tried to buy the rights to Batman. Uh-huh. God. Yeah, that would have been um, fun. he was not... He
4: couldn't. Uh-huh. Just playing couldn't um, afford
3: it? I, I don't know what exactly... that. He tried to get the film rights to Batman. And um, so when that didn't happen...
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Well, here's what he said. I also wrote a thing called Super Bat. Mm-hmm. When it was clear I'd never get film rights to the Batman character. Mm-hmm. It was a hybrid of Batman and Superman... Who came from another galaxy, but he now lives in this vast cave.
4: Oh God! Now from everything, I don't think I needed the. You know, I don't. I don't think I needed him to tell me it was a hybrid. Yeah. (sighs) What did
3: Um, he want to do with this abomination? He actually didn't say a whole lot about it. Uh, The only thing we, so far as we can tell, the only powers he has are living in that vast cave (laughs) and being otherworldly. Oh, oh, and Adam West actually specifically mentions that he that bat, that this super bat is so rich he can do anything. You're That's odd. his powers, being rich and living
4: in a big cave. Um, and having an immigration status.
3: <laughs> no, he also mentioned though um that he 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 hated working the convention circuit. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. he says, at personal appearances, I'll only stay in costume for about 15 minutes, then get out and mingle. It's no fun to do it, really. I mean, I make it fun, but it's work. It takes a great deal of energy to play Batman. But then, of course, I have my secret life that I tell no one about. You know, when I wear the costume to orgies.
4: (laughs) (laughs) You know the one. (laughs) Oh, God. (coughs) Somewhere Bored is probably doing the same thing yeah no um trying to sell all the people the orgy dog food
3: that wasn't adam west's last pitch for batman
4: of course way. not i'm still i'm sad he didn't return with the zombie satellites today he's already talked about space right right um, and make it a combo like while his ship's coming in from another galaxy he destroys the zombie satellite <laughs> one zombie falls to the earth it's a whole thing yeah no
3: there's a uh, zombies on <laughs> mars
4: it's great this is direct quote. This is all we have on this. This is direct quote from Adam West. Wait, that's how it happens. He he hits the zombie satellite. One zombie ends up on Mars, and that's how we get this Mars character, the Sun Tuck Mars right. guy, Sun Yet Mars. Right, right. He gets pissed off because right. we littered his planet with zombies, so he comes back to <laughs> let everyone out and get get Batman off the goddamn ranch.
3: <laughs> Why is he I
4: don't, okay in Mexico? I just don't understand. <laughs>
3: Ratchet? <laughs> so he pitched he pitched a musical
4: oh of course of course he did
3: it was called a night in wayne manor and um it, i'm here so he said this, this is get it
4: on yeah
3: already this is yeah this, this is his ex- what he said about it uh-huh. at another point i went to dc comics and tried to sell them on the idea of a big broadway play called a night in wayne manor which could have been a musical but by then no one would touch batman the movie was in
4: the works I'm not sure that's the reason that failed, Adam. Right? I'm not, I'm not sure. That's what happened. Did they let Adam West into the DC Comics offices anymore at this point? <laughs> because I would have had his picture at the photo desk of the security guard. If you see this man, <laughs> distract him. Throw something very shiny in the other direction. Direct him to a, a nearby orgy. Right.
3: Like, throw some still bread over the counter. He'll get distracted.
4: Right. Food?
3: I haven't eaten in 25 years. <laughs> Take it. Take <laughs> it.
4: Just get a big giant bag of M and M's, lay them down about three feet from each other, mm-hmm. and guide him guide him to some some other lot.
3: Now, um, Michael uslin mm-hmm. for years, was trying to get a Batman film made in the seventies, mm-hmm. and no one wanted to do it because, well, we'll get into that. But he was trying to get a Batman movie made, and he was trying to pitch the character as much as he could. The only the only people interested were CBS. Really? CBS wanted to do a Batman movie, but it had to be Batman in Outer Space.
1: <laughs> Why?
5: <laughs>
0: Why?
3: I don't know. Oh. But there's no more information on it because the DC roundly rejected the concept.
4: <laughs> Good for you, DC. Right? Oh, man. Now,
3: speaking of, of Michael Uslan. Like, it had to be in he, Outer Space? He's the... This is Batman's version Uh, of that
4: giant fucking spider.
3: Mm Mm-hmm. So, Michael Usland, he was, you know, you got to give it to the guy. He was, he's really, he loves Batman a whole lot. Mm -hmm. I've listened to interviews with this guy. Mm. Um, He's also really weirdly conservative. (laughs) Like, really weird, like... I happened to hear him like on the radio one night there. I was flipping through the radio and this dude was talking and he's like, Oh, we've got Michael Uslin. And I'm like, Bing, I know that name. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Oh, this uh, Dark Knight Rises is coming out. And you know, Dark Knight Rises was thought to have been pol- pretty political, uh, before it, uh, came out. And really, we all realized it was just horseshit. <laughs> you right. But <laughs> there's um, going to be a statement there
4: for a second. And, um,
3: well, well, go yeah, back well, and we'll listen to thoughts on that. It wound up being, like, the Rusty Humphrey show, which is a very conservative talk show. And he's talking... I, I get the feeling that he didn't exactly tell Michael Yousland that he was a conservative talk show. Mm-hmm. And they're just talking about Batman. And then, like, he's getting Michael Yousland to agree to all this, like, very, really conservative sentiment.
4: like <laughs> Oh, God.
3: Like, anti-welfare. Like, and, and like, at the time, it was, like, uh, what, what was it? Uh, the... Um, Oh, occupation, uh, occupy oh, Wall occupy Street stuff, or whatever yeah. it was. Yeah. And like, Useland was really against it and just talking about how stupid it was. And I was just like, he's okay. He's probably not That's, more than he can do. He not
0: shouldn't be making, well,
3: he shouldn't be making these comments. Useland,
0: Useland, hang up the phone. Hang up the phone now.
3: But, but anyway. Um, so useless was just kept trying to get this, this, or something off the ground for Batman, and no one believed in it. Like they were, they would, well, as he put it, they would tell him Batman is a pot bellied funny guy with pals, zaps and whams. It's silliness. And I would tell them, no, it's not. And they wouldn't get it, even when I showed them the dark Batman comic books and the old, the old stuff and the the new stuff. And they they, <laughs> and those were the only ones I showed to Tim Burton. My biggest fear was that somehow Tim would get a hold of the campiest Batman comics, and where would we be? Right. Um, but to try to get interest, Uslan sat down and worked on a script called Return of the Batman. This predates Dark Knight Returns. Really? And it was, it was really dark and really gritty. And it was, I don't know where you can find it though. Hmm. But it was never, like, he never wrote it for it to be produced, but just to kind of prove a point.
0: Hmm. He right. said
3: it helped him convince a few people in Hollywood that of what he was trying to accomplish though.
0: I mean, you know,
4: he had a silly dream at the time.
3: It was a silly dream, but look where we are now. Though it, it was a, it's a, it was a, it's a noble dream. Now, some of this I may have spoken about, and I can't remember. But I, I thought, like, did we talk about the Nightwing movie?
4: Mm, not to my recollection. Yeah,
3: they were going to do a Nightwing movie. Okay, that was that was going to be basically the next step in the uh, Schumacher franchise before Batman and Robin flopped. They were going to oh. do like a spinoff where Robin goes off to become Nightwing. He was still going to be around in the eventually like, he was going to be robin and then they were going to like trail him off into a nightwing movie mm. and like, chris o'donnell actually said like they were totally going to do one i was going to be nightwing i mean his, his suit looked like nightwing and batman and robin and then he said it was such a bomb batman and robin that they were like scrap that and that was the end of that
4: that sounds <laughs> sounds exactly right he would have looked a lot better in a nightwing outfit than he did robin's yeah i, mean, I, I think the, the black and blue would have fit him a lot better
3: well, the red and blue or the red and dark blue or whatever it was in Batman and Robin with the Nightwing symbol on it mm-hmm. actually looked really good. I liked I liked his costume a lot in Batman and Robin, except for the nipples.
4: <laughs> <laughs> would, would you, okay, in a, in a Sophie's Choice kind of way, um, if, if I told you I could get rid of the nipples, but you'd have to have a mullet on Nightwing.
3: Um...
4: And you can't just say I'm not watching it either way. Or that you're gonna kill yourself. Oh, I'd watch it.
3: It's a Batman thing. I'd watch
4: right. it. It's just mullet uh... or nipples. I take the nipples over the mullet. That that bad? Yeah, I don't blame you. It it it's one of the aberrations of the entire DC canon for me. That freaking hairstyle for a while there, man. And yeah. then when it wasn't a mullet, it was a rat tail. Like, what the hell were you doing to this guy? Why? Why?
3: What was funny is like in the '90s, for some reason, mm-hmm. they like had um. It was real weird to me. Like, he didn't have the mullet. He just had, like, really long hair. And he would always, like, just pull it back tight and have, he had, like, a really long ponytail. Mm -hmm. But for whatever reason, they would color him about three shades darker than Bruce. Hmm. Like, his skin. Mm -hmm. And, like, when I was a kid, like, I didn't know that was Robin. I would just kind of went to the comics and I'm like, who's this cool Indian dude who's hanging out with with Batman all the time? He's, like, (laughs) Native American man. And he's called Nightwing. That even that sounds like a Native American Indian name. Like, right. You know, little Bigfoot, Nightwing. Right. I, I don't know. And forever, I didn't know that that was Robin. I was just like, Aww. I like this guy.
4: He's a cool cat. <laughs> Maybe he should stay around for a while. And then and he, was, he goes back actually, into Dick Grayson's outfit, and you're like, oh my god, how do you turn into a white guy? Yeah. What have you done with my yeah. Indian friend? Like my
3: dad has like a uh, full-blooded like native american in his family Mm -hmm. and you know he's always been really into that stuff and i was actually i remember actually going and showing him the comic Like, look they have like an indian dude in the comics and he doesn't have feathers or a dream catcher or
4: right (laughs) it's really pretty progressive oh wait it's a white dude i was i was proud of him right
3: <clears throat> yeah. And then I realized he was, nope. you know, some, it's a colorist. some gypsy lad. Right. He was some gypsy lad of, uh, as they've described him in the comics. Uh, oh, okay. So, okay. <laughs> That's weird. It was Dick Grayson. Um, so did we talk about Tim Burton's Catwoman?
4: Yes, actually.
3: Okay. I know I didn't talk about this. I found more information on Tim Burton's Catwoman. Hit me up. All right, so we know that it was like Batman Forever came out, and the the day it hit cinemas was the day that uh, Daniel Waters, get handed in the script for Catwoman, uh-huh. and that was pretty much the end of that. Right. However, I found some bits. This is what it involved. This was what the script involved. It would have had Catwoman suffering amnesia. <laughs> And she winds up in a place called Oasisville, which is apparently the Bat Universe's answer to Las Vegas, and it's run by superheroes, where she encounters terrible, flawed male superhero types that push her back into the Catwoman identity.
4: <laughs> I am already at a what the fuck is happening here point.
3: This <laughs> oh,
5: sounds Asusville? like an episode of
4: The Tick. Like, Oasisville? Oh, like yeah, it sounds like an episode of The Tick. It does, actually. Now, what did the what did the mean boys do to her though? And are they superheroes know. or super villains that are running them? What what is this superhero types? Superhero types. What what the hell is a superhero mm. type? Right.
3: I don't know. Some I I don't I don't I really don't know what that is. I have no idea. I just imagine like a bunch of like Superman parodies walking around. I don't know.
4: <clears throat> is it just like but a, I had to a, a city full of Nathan Fillion's? <laughs> All with sleazy gold chains. I would I would move to that city. <laughs> In a heartbeat, man. <laughs> <laughs> if it was a city full of Nathan Fillion's. <laughs> yeah. I assume every now and then they would break out into song <clears throat> and they would all sing together. It'd be great.
3: Man's gotta do. Ooh, my. Oh, my. Man's gotta do. Um, all right. I have so, some lightning
4: happening on my side of town.
3: Oh. <clears throat> so there is a, there's a thing we missed out on, man. Mm-hmm. This was an animated movie called Justice League Worlds Collide. Mm-hmm. It was supposed to bridge the gap between Justice League Season 2 and Justice League Unlimited Season 1. Really? Yeah, man. Well, that would have been great. They were go- we were going to find out how Wonder Woman got her invisible jet. Yeah. It was going to talk about the expansion of the Justice League membership. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, it was going to have the crime syndicate involved. Wow. Yeah. It was going to be a big thing. And... Um, it was canceled. They put it on. They put it on hiatus, and then they changed it over to
4: Justice League: uh, Crisis on Two Wir- Two Earths or whatever. Okay. Well, that's a yeah. damn shame, though. I wouldn't mind it, it. Something that actually bothered me about uh, going between them was, you know, you had Justice League, and then it was unlimited, and, and it was it was a slightly different show.
0: Mm-hmm. All
4: the same, you know, it was all the same continuity and everything, and it nothing. Yeah. Nothing too distracting here. It just it, I wouldn't have minded a transition stage at all.
3: And here's here's another big shame. Dwayne McDuffie uh, worked on it. Mm-hmm. This is the guy that created Static Shock and mm-hmm. uh, s- you know, sadly no longer with us. Mm-hmm. Um, but Bruce Timm in 2004 said, um, at this point, it was still in the works. He says, there is a Justice League uh, DTV in the works, kind of. What happened was the Home Video Division commissioned us to write a JL, a Justice League DTV, uh, right around the time we were gearing up for season three, McDuffie and I came up with a story. Dwayne wrote a terrific script. I designed loads of new characters. We started storyboarding. Andrea Romano had a killer cast. We were just getting rated, recorded, and then That's home video slammed on the brakes. Really?
4: Yeah. Home I, video if, slammed if on Andrew the brakes. Andrea Romano's involved. It's a killer cast.
3: Yeah. Home video slammed on the brakes and it was put on the shelf for the time being. The good thing, this is a good thing, really. The original plan was to do the DTV and season three concurrently, but long story short, we would have been stretched way too thin.
5: Mm
4: -hmm.
3: JLU is, is difficult enough show to do by itself without having to prep a feature length movie at the same time.
4: Yeah. Home video is still (laughs) apparent. Ask him about how much fun it was to do Mask of the Phantasm.
3: Yeah. Home video is still interested in making it, apparently, so hopefully it'll happen. And then in 2005, he says, originally, no, sorry, he says, um, Worlds Collide was going to bridge seasons two and three. Mm -hmm. Uh, Besides the origin of the Invisible Jet, it also set up the supersized JLU concept. But yeah, it wound up becoming um, Crisis on Two Earths. I really wish we had seen this. Like, part of me does, anyway
4: i yeah I really did i that one i would have, i would have been happy to happy to have
3: mm-hmm now there was another um there was another animated uh d t v that didn't happen, which was teen Titans the Judas contract and it would have loosely followed the uh the storyline from the comics, but it apparently it can it was cancelled due to a lack of quote broad fan
4: base appeal the titans do they clean up every time they're on screen, yeah. I mean, the, every single time they're on the screen, I'm still mad that Young Justice didn't get more time. I know it was a damn good show, actually.
3: I know. Now we're gonna—I guess—we're gonna end this out with one more thing. Okay. This is something I was talking to you about before. Uh-huh. The pre-Gotham Gotham. Mm-hmm. Um, a long time ago, Warner Brothers, and they—they uh, they were looking for to do a Gotham show, and they called it Bruce Wayne. Uh-huh. The, <laughs> um, God, it followed eighteen-year-old Bruce Wayne before he became Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, they wound up taking the the concept and turning it over and making it Smallville eventually. Okay, but before it became Smallville, it was Bruce Wayne. And um, the reason they didn't do Bruce Wayne is because they were actually working on doing the Batman Year One script. They were, they thought they were going to do Batman Year One
4: as a feature. Hmm.
3: Yeah, they they were going to do year one as the feature, and then they didn't want to do the show.
4: So gotcha. Um, I wish they'd done it though. So when Nolan pitched Batman Begins, they he would have would have been told, "Oh, we've already done that." Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> saved us all a Tim... lot of trouble, guys. It saved us all. So, uh,
3: Tim McCanleys is the one that pitched the show Mm -hmm. and, uh, the pilots and he did the pilot script. This is the guy that wrote the iron giant. Mm -hmm. Um, and after that made it to film, he was able to do this. And, um, he said it would, it wouldn't, uh, focus on Batman's origins, but what happens in the intervening years between the death of Bruce Wayne's parents and his decision to put the cowl on, he says, everyone knew the origin. They just didn't know why and how. Hmm. Here's something cool. HBO was in talks to broadcast this thing. Hmm. Then uh, Warner Brothers that, that's TV. That's the closest
4: you've ever gotten to your dream, isn't it? Yeah. Huh. I'm sorry for you. Then, I am. I know. Then, TV, it even, then it Warner was, Brothers. It, did it hurt less when you didn't think it had ever, ever even gotten close? Did it I don't hurt, know. Did it hurt more to see the word HBO there when you read it?
3: It made me laugh, actually. <laughs>
4: that's fair, too.
3: Um, but um, So Warner Brothers decided it could be a big deal, and... Um, but then also realized that they were doing year one, and they decided to to pull their support of it. Um, right, right. Now they actually they got actually they got into the stages of of actually um, talking to people about playing these characters. X Men. Sean Ashmore was apparently in talks to play Bruce. Hmm. David Crumholtz was uh, apparently rumored for Jim Gordon, and Michael Rosenbaum was gonna be Harvey Dent. Oh wow! And somewhere in there, someone remembered him and cast him as Lex Luthor on Smallville.
4: Gotcha. Liked his tape,
3: right? Oh
4: uh, yes. Hmm. Not bad. Not bad at all. So
3: that's all I got for this episode. That's 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 my rundown. That's what's that's, that's What's happening?
4: We'll have another part <laughs> four, maybe some way if, if you go penetrate the internet further. Yeah, man.
3: I mean, you know, I, I penetrate the internet uh, on a consistent basis. Mm-hmm. So um, I know the internet biblically, right? And uh,
4: <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, I it's dude, in a family I, way now.
3: In in some ways, like so, some of this, maybe not, maybe was not worth a whole podcast. But dude, those Adam
4: West projects—no, that that Adam West is worth everything to me. <laughs> and you I know, had to talk about Adam West—I I don't know what to tell you, man. Two words: Zombie Satellite. Zombie Satellite, Marcy's good, y'all. Marcy's fucking Marcy. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, he must have done a lot of drugs at one point in his life. I'm not sure you could have afforded them, West. I don't know. I, I mean, I now whenever I think surely, about West, you know, I
0: mean, you know, think, and, think back to the time well, now.
4: Frame. Surely somebody in a room would, you know, pass a blunt to Batman. Probably you're not wrong. I, I forget about that. I forget people are
3: pretty pretty. Uh, I guess generous with drugs for people they like.
4: It, um, well, I you know I take it back. I'm not sure he did or I, what I'm what I'm sure about is that he either did too much or too little drugs
3: yeah that's a possibility you know i was
4: just you know i didn't, that, that, didn't hit that sweet spot i guess
3: i'm thinking of adam west as in the in the years between batman and family guy
4: mm-hmm.
3: i'm thinking of adam west as basically simon trent from beware the gray ghost <laughs> he's he's just in like a little one room apartment trying to eke out a menial existence
4: i'm i'm almost sure he was doing okay
3: he meets Bert Ward every every Tuesday for lunch down at the Greasy Spoon. <laughs>
4: lunch and a three o'clock orgy. It's back.
3: They make sure that they're not busy so that they
4: can pitch another Batman movie to right. DC. And he goes and checks out <laughs> Bert's dogs who have apparently been alive for like thirty five years.
3: <laughs> Take pictures of Bert Ward's penis for the black market. Right. Next to like a quarter for perspective, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he was they they actually popularized banana for scale <laughs>
4: oh no and on that note, I think that wraps it up, man. Um, I think so I think so I'm gonna I'm just gonna go we, like bathe in the warm afterglow of that fucking Adam West pitch is what I'm gonna do right. Um, I'm just gonna bask in it just close my eyes and <laughs> imagine the film that I wish it happened,
3: yeah. Ultimately, though, are you, are you happy that I kept this one close to the
4: vest? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
3: <laughs> All righty. Well, good. Good. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as Jason did. Um, I, me, I, this is just yeah. a great relief. This is a burden because I've been wanting to talk to, <laughs> to, to, Jason about these Adam West pitches for like months. Just, right. Right. This is, this is almost been a pain. Just, oh, oh, I think I'm at least 15% further away from a heart attack now right your blood pressure just
4: actively dropped not having to carry that around anymore right
3: well dear friends that is all from the past let us know what you thought of the first repost we've ever done i feel good about it i also feel good about saying that we'll be back in a news discussing capacity next week and while it may be tough to have to wait so long for new dc on-screen content rest easy rest easy in the knowledge that we are but a tweet away dc on screen on twitter i personally tweet at david c robertson jason tweets at duck duck goss you can also find us on facebook and instagram or david c robertson at gmail.com or dc on screen at gmail.com until next time be kind to all members of the dc fanbase family be kind to the marvel stands and keep some dc on your screen Our intro music is by Jason Goss and Michael Shackelford. Michael's band, Galactic Engineers of Magnetic Sounds, or GYMS, can be found on SoundCloud and Bandcamp. Visit DCOnScreen.com to find our Patreon, merch, contact information, and every episode of the show for free, including crossovers we've done with other podcasts. DC OnScreen is a Maladjusted production. For more from me and Jason, including sketch comedy, vlogs, parodies, and our improvised web series, Hey Guy, visit maladjusted.tv.
1: Switching to Geico is a good idea, especially when you consider everything. First off, Geico makes it easy to switch, and you can contact your local agent for personalized assistance.
2: But if it's so easy, you might start thinking everything is easy, even jousting. And it's not. Just ask my cousin Ernie.
1: Well, if you switch to Geico, you could save hundreds on car insurance, and you could keep saving by bundling your motorcycle, boat, and RV, plus your home or renter's insurance.
2: But saving money might cause you to feel rich, which might lead you to hire a butler. Do you
1: really need a butler? Well, they do have an industry-leading mobile app you can use to pay your bill file and manage a claim or add a new driver and they offer discounts to military and federal employees
2: but after you switch you might be so happy that you celebrate by doing the running man and nobody does the running man anymore well
1: geico is the second largest car insurer in the country and has been saving people money for over 75 years it's hard to beat that
2: but you're right
1: switch to geico it's obviously
5: a good idea